a golden god! An equal amount of blueberries in each muffin. To a new world of gods and monsters. <laughs> I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You just put the law in my hands, and I'm gonna break your heart. Nobody puts baby in the Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Michelle Aiken. And I am your other co-host. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked it up already. <laughs> and I am your other co-host at Brian Waves 42. I mean, Brian Kuyper. <laughs> Hashtag recording. Hashtag podcast. <laughs> Hashtag Potter and family. <laughs> yep. So this episode is one we actually teased not too long ago on our um which one was that best our, of the year yeah it was either discoveries or kind of both. yeah i think it was both because we talked about uh michelle's pick on you brought it up in your best of favorites, 20, of favorites of 2022, 2022 and then i mentioned that i watched it at the beginning of our next one and loved it so um and if you're looking at the title of this episode you already know which one it is <laughs> uh but Anyway, so we're going to be talking today about two movies that, you know, honestly, this subject is kind of, it's been a theme with me for a couple years now, I think. I've just latched. And me just for the past few months. months. Yeah, I've, I've latched on to movies that are, shall we say, critical of social media they hate social media both of these movies really 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 hate social media i think hate may be a strong word because they also recognize uh, certain aspects of it that are positive i think in some respects but mm, these tend to focus on the negative uh the dangers the pitfalls the addictive nature Mm -hmm. the sort of societal implications of it i think what it all means when people are gone, etc. That's just, there's some fascinating stuff dealt with here. And both of us have had our own various journeys with social media and love-hate relationship with social media, I think. And so, um, yeah. yeah, this could get a little raw at times, I think, <laughs> where we're, we're just kind of... Possibly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we've both had positive and negative experiences, I think. So we're... We're just kind of uh, taking a look here and might as well introduce the two movies that we're going to talk about. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so mine was actually a discovery that I just, one that I uh, discovered for the first time in 2022. And I hadn't actually heard of it until I it was played on an episode of Screen Drafts about the internet. And it sounded really interesting to me. So from 2017, Ingrid Goes West. 
directed by written and directed by Matt Spicer. Uh, and then mine, uh, like we already said before, was one I mentioned on my favorites of 2022. It is uh, Vengeance, written and directed by B.J. Novak. Yeah, I should mention that uh, this one is co-written by Matt Spicer uh, and David Branson Smith. Uh, Ingrid Goes West is. So anyway, okay. uh, but directed by Matt Spicer. Okay, so we're going to start with Ingrid Goes West uh, because I think I think Ingrid Goes West is probably a little bit more on the nose about social media, whereas oh, Vengeance yeah. is... It's about a lot of other things. Yeah, too. there's a yeah. lot of implication about uh, social media talked about in Vengeance. Um, and I think uh, this one is m- much more specific to... It's ob- they don't say it, but it's obviously Instagram um, that she is dealing with they in this it. movie. Do they say it's? Oh, they, I guess they do. They do. I guess he says like Insta fans one time, yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is yeah. this is a very much a putting out the image that you want to put out uh, on Instagram, and what is the re- reality of this? What is how much of what we see is true and what of what we see mm-hmm. is just a facade. And it's a fascinating examination of that. And how I would argue that people on both sides are victims of the same culture. I would agree. Like I would say that in this movie, Ingrid and Taylor are both kind of victims of that whole like Instagram influencer culture. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Because uh, the expectations that Taylor has upon yeah, herself are placed upon her make her different than who she is at Actually her core. Is. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's sort of forced upon her uh, in a way in order to survive because she gets paid for it. She's an influencer. Mm-hmm. And that influencer culture is just sort of a bizarre, fascinating thing to me. I don't quite understand it. Is. I don't. It. I don't either. <laughs> yeah. People who are famous for being famous uh, or for being almost famous. That's <laughs> there's a there's a line in um, famous to a certain group of people. Yeah. Yeah. There's a line in, in uh, Ted Lasso where Juno Temple's character, they ask, you know, so what do you do exactly? And she says, well, I'm sort of famous for being almost famous. And it's a it's <laughs> sort of makes me think of the influencer culture. And there it's a funny context, but um, sure. here it's a, it's a bit or like darker. Taylor's. Yeah, Taylor says in here that she's a photographer. Right. <laughs> but it really means that she takes pictures of certain things and posts them because the brands pay, pay her. her to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, there's a lot of interesting things on here. And, uh, you know, how to talk about any movie is always kind of a mystery. <laughs> um, but I think the cold open of this movie strikes me so much because it is terrifying it was a lot more intense than how you were talking about it because i hadn't seen i saw this i think around when it first came out but i haven't seen it in several years and i did remember this but i didn't remember exactly what she does but it was a lot more yeah intense and scary than i remembered well i mean it just starts out with someone charlotte right speaking Mm -hmm. talking about her wedding and showing instagram pictures hashtag blessed hashtag perfect you know everything yeah. is wonderful this, yeah they, okay. yeah <laughs> exactly and to me what strikes me about that even before they show ingrid is just how fake it all is it's clearly fake you know it's it's like 
It might not be. It's her wedding day. She's probably yeah, very happy and God. having fun with her friends. Maybe <laughs> I'm family. maybe I'm just a horrible cynic. Maybe. <laughs> yes. But I think that there's a certain amount of facade that's going into it too. Or there's like that pressure to make it look exactly. so perfect. Exactly. I think because that there's there's day. an element of that for sure. But when they cut to Ingrid and she's crying, like ugly crying, these mm. as she's scrolling through these pictures and you know just showing up at the wedding and uh pepper spraying her and saying you know i didn't remember that part you know, thanks <laughs> yeah. for inviting me bitch or whatever she says it, it's just, <laughs> she calls her a fucking cunt actually. Uh, oh okay <laughs> i didn't write that down but i did un- <laughs> you know i did <laughs> it's just unbelievable uh mm. but then it cuts to her in the institution because obviously she was she was uh yeah she went I mean, a little off. mental health issues here yeah. um but it's kind of cuts to this paradise picture you know some shot from hawaii and it pulls back and it's a poster and it says oh. this platitude on it and this struck me as being so instagram and so twitter in itself it says, believe you can, and you're halfway there. And, sure. <laughs> and it's just sort of like, is it not true? It's sort of true, but it's so trite. It's so, yeah. Um, like I said, platitudes. It's just things people say. It's kind of like in Vengeance, you know, they have all those cutouts and posters on the wall in the in their living right. room you know let's say family together and all that yeah, yeah. Right. it's it's the same kind of idea just these you know everything is boiled down to a f- few characters uh, or a few hashtag kinds of things it's it can be easily applied to yeah. any situation so it makes somebody feel good about themselves you know to say exactly. it or you know pass it around uh, you know yeah but she's also writing a letter to to charlotte mm-hmm. she keeps writing letters to her like in the beginning of the movie which is i wonder does she actually send those do you think or that's is that just question. something that she's doing in her head I kind of wonder if she's just doing it in her head because she doesn't, does she even know how to get a letter to her? I mean, would Charlotte have? She probably went dark, you yeah, know, after exactly. that. Exactly. She, she was, yeah. Well, I mean, the when she's released from the institution, you know, she's, first thing she does when she gets her belongings back is find her phone. She digs right. out her phone and, 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 and there. She went private, yeah. And, and exactly. And so Charlotte went private, blocked her. Obviously, <laughs> which sure, yeah, of course, and um, they just show her constantly scrolling through Instagram, hearting every single I picture. Know. It's so sad in this these opening scenes to see to see that addiction yeah. that's taken hold of her, but also you kind of understand it. You kind of understand the the desperation and she's lonely, the loneliness. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, she's sitting there, she's, like, brushing her teeth. She's liking every single post she sees without ever really looking at it or who it is or who it's from, just wanting to get noticed yep. by somebody. And, you know, I understand that, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I've done stuff like that. Sure. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> sure, yeah, no no doubt. And there's that, she comes across Taylor Sloan. Um, we should mention Ingrid, of course, played by Aubrey Plaza. Yeah, yeah. 
And this so good. She's so good in this, and she's so much better than I, I remembered. Her. There's so yeah. many like little nuances to her performance that ugh, I think she just kills it. Aubrey Plaza is one of those actresses that is sort of sneaky in how great she is because she's like the funny one. Yeah, right. But no, she's so good at this kind of stuff too. Because like in Parks and Rec. The character that she plays, it's so natural. You just assume that's how she is, you know? Okay. I, I never mean, watched it. So, oh, it's okay. Awesome. She's, <laughs> she's great on that show. <laughs> but, okay. um, and, and, and then here, it's just comes across as being so natural that it's just, it, it practically feels like she's not acting. And that's one mm. of the things that's so great about the way she performs, I think, is that it, ne- it always feels so effortless to me with her mm-hmm. um and i just she's just so good so good and I, you understand mm-hmm. every part of this character everything that she's like thinking and feeling like the way that she can convey it with like either her face or how she says says a certain line yes like whatever like any kind of like desperation or just like trying to be cool and everything like you can tell like exactly what the character is trying to do in, in every moment and uh and it's She's perfect for this role. And it's interesting how they managed to make her both so sympathetic and so pathetic yes. at the same time, <laughs> but also kind of scary too. Yes. And so she's you just, understand all of that about her. She's yeah. juggling so much in this performance, and um, and then the writing too. I think the writing and the directing mm-hmm. are, you know, again they're not flashy kinds of things. They're just true they feel there's a there's an effortlessness to 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 the way this movie's presented i think that is mm-hmm. really engaging to me but she finds taylor sloan uh, played by elizabeth olsen now elizabeth olsen i love elizabeth olsen yeah so much. and i think she's i love seeing her in this because i mean unf- so apparently leonardo dicaprio gave some uh advice to timothy chalamet i'm going somewhere with this he said to him no hard drugs and no superhero movies because superhero movies will eat your career. And I think Elizabeth Olsen is so known she's, for playing she's the Scarlet, Wanda, right? for playing the Scarlet, Scarlet, Wh- Scarlet Witch, Damn it. for playing Wanda, <laughs> that it's just sort of like her, her other things I think are getting swallowed up by that. And that's unfortunate because she's really gifted. And I think she is. she's, remarkable in this and you know obviously you know her sisters can overshadow her in some ways too but she's come into her own for a lot of she has absolutely made made her own path she's amazing yeah i actually like her i I don't i didn't mind the old boy remake sorry i haven't seen it she was great Mm -hmm. she's also in this great um little horror film that i don't think anybody has seen called the silent house it's a remake of of, uh, of a horror film f- like from uruguay or something and it's so good and she she's like the main person in it and it's one of those like weird things where yeah it's 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 a movie where it's a all in one take yeah i recall okay so she like she carries it so well and she's so good in that movie and yeah yeah i've, I've loved her i don't like obviously don't know the the superhero stuff <laughs> well i mean i'm, I'm just but. looking at <laughs> i I'm, I'm looking at her uh letterboxed and her, the top movies are uh avengers infinity war endgame doctor strange 
Civil War, Captain America, another event, Age of Ultron, <laughs> WandaVision. I've seen that one. So, so the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies on there are Marvel movies, and then the next one. Good it, for her. Who yeah, cares? yeah, I know, I know. I'm and I'm, I, I'm, I'm, and she's great in those. But I'm just, yeah. I, I was just commenting on the the Leo DiCaprio thing. Yeah. But Good for her, you know, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, but I'm, but I, what I mean by that is I get what he's saying because sure. I mean, if you want to really ex- express yourself as an actor, you know, you, you kind of get locked into this one thing. Um, and she has been for a long time. The next one is Godzilla. So like, you got to be happy about that. Yeah. Yeah. So 20, the 2014 Godzilla. So uh, anyway, and you know, those are, those are just big popular movies and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not here to blast Marvel movies, but I I do. And she is really good in them. I got to say, I I thought she was terrific in um, the Dr. Strange one. Um, But anyway, that's just to say Elizabeth Olsen is terrific and she's so believable (laughs) as this influencer to me. She's got the right look and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of um, on this little montage of like her Instagram posts and the little like voiceover of the kind of stuff that she uh-huh. she posts on there all the time. Like she's basically your typical like sort of hippie beach California foodie dog mom yeah. kind of influencer. Yeah, like there's a million of them out there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> so. kind of a dime a dozen kind of, kind yeah. of, kind of person. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. One of the things that from this scene that sort of struck me that, you know, I've, I've done this where Ingrid just writes and rewrites the reply yes. like four times. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Yeah. It's like, okay. I mean, especially <laughs> when I was the right thing. Yeah. When I was got to do it the right way. <laughs> when I was first on Twitter, I was just like, I was so self-conscious about that. It's like, what if they hate me? It's like, why do I care? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, I've gotten That's to that point. It's like, if they don't, just I because I, I was always like oh things can be so misconstrued over text what if they think I'm hitting on them if they're it's a woman or what if they think that or whatever sure. you know that sort of thing and it's like why why are we making such a big deal out of this with this person that we don't know um, and it's huh. She's, but again, I mean, I mean, Ingrid and that's is, definitely happened. Yeah, things that I've said have been, you know, misinterpreted and sure. misconstrued, and it's like that's just how because you're not talking to me in person. Exactly. So it would be a lot different <laughs> that way. But yeah, I've absolutely done this too. And she, she's making her first comment on on Taylor one of Taylor's posts, right? So this is this is big. This is a big deal for her. It is, yeah, obviously. And it's a comment on her picture of her like avocado toast, which is just another like that's an- that's still a another, thing. Is that, no, it's such a you millennials and your weird things. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But oh God, yeah, the just, way she changes it from like from ha 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 to he 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 mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, I was like I you just kind of cringing at yourself because exactly. yes, I have definitely done that because. Those have very different meanings, like depending on who you're talking to. Do I know this person well enough to say this like this? Right. <laughs> you know, that all go- that all goes through your head when you're making comments. And I've definitely, yeah. like, after I've commented on something, I've instantly deleted it, too. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't I don't trust that they're going to get what I said. And uh, yeah, that's 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 a, that's a, that's the hard thing about one of the hard things about social media. Definitely. Yeah. And so this scene is so, so vividly captures that it was perfect. Well, I mean. 
honestly, even <laughs> even before I knew you very well, I did some of the same kinds of things. I was like, <laughs> with you, I was like, okay, um, yeah. So anyway, there was one instance in particular where I was kind of like, what if I say the wrong thing? But it ended up being fine. So um, I'm sure you wouldn't have had to worry. No, me. unless I was in a bad mood. No, you <laughs> weren't. Kidding. You weren't. You weren't. Okay, so good. It was. It was it just so you. If you want to leave it in, you can. It's when you came out as bisexual. I was kind of like, uh-huh. what do I say <laughs> to to to, to Shay, You know, <laughs> to make sure that she gets. I don't know. Anyway, so that that was one of the things that I was like. That was what I remember. Because and you had been funny because we were in Hawaii when that. In that case, mm-hmm. and you and I, I posted a picture, and you wrote me and said, "That's beautiful. I hate you." And I and I was like, <laughs> so I, I I understood your humor like right away. Um, so yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I Some and I, I just responded, that. "Ha ha, I'd laugh. I'd ha ha, I'd hate me too." Um, you know, so it was that kind of thing. But um, anyway, you know, but I did kind of rewrite the reply a couple of times when you on your post See? about coming out. I was like, um. What do I say? Then I just like, oh, nothing but love. Wait, you know, congrats or whatever. I can't remember what it was. Um, that was well, as long as it was like, it was like it would, negative. No. I, I doubt it would have been. No, no. of course <laughs> not. Bad. But see, look, even best friends trying to be friends. Yeah, I had problems with this because you don't understand. You can't always. Uh, you don't understand how someone's gonna take something or like. Yeah. If you don't know them that well, you don't like. I, I really hope now that I think about it, it's like, oh, gosh, I hope that I didn't come off as me when I said that because that, I was hoping you would get the humor. That oh, I, was I totally jealous. did. And <laughs> you that's know, the that thing. you were annoyed. But some people might not. <laughs> well, now, uh, it's well, so now what, in, in, since then, you've done the same thing. It's like you, you'll write me, you know, because I've gone to Hawaii two more times since then. And you always write, I hate you so much Asshole. or something like that. And I write yeah. and I write, <laughs> I usually send you back the Han Solo gif I know. Just because I think it's funny. Yeah. I know you hate me. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm in Hawaii. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, anyway. Exactly. My new happy place. Um, I, 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 I hate you. I know. But anyway, the <laughs> whole situation, they don't go much into what happens with her mother, the, that relationship. Obviously, she yeah, died. Yeah, that was the big that's a big question I have about this movie. It's what her relationship was like with her mother. I think because there I don't might know that I necessarily more. believe her in mm-hmm. the scene where she's talking about it with Dan. You I know? know. There's a lot of things that I don't that I question her motivations when, especially with Dan. Uh, I don't believe her ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even when, when it comes to him. even even when he sleep, she sleeps with him. I don't. Oh, that was. That's total, total manipulation. Move. Yeah, it's a move. To, it's like you're, move, you're, my, you're my boyfriend. And so I can. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, <clears throat> so Dan, I think when she gets out west and she meets Dan, he's a <laughs> he's one of a billion people trying to write a script, you know, in L.A. <laughs> and he's picked, of course, Batman as the script that is <laughs> like. Because does anybody own that? Um, no, it's it's obviously everyone has written their own <laughs> Batman script kind of thing, and that's kind right. of the humor of that. I think that's really funny, actually. Um, but he just loves but he Batman. has a real meaning behind it. That's the thing that's he sort is, of beautiful yes. about it when that opens up, and you find out oh, it's because sort of the reasons he's behind Batman. Too, yeah. He's an orphan, and he's got 
you know, he would wear a Batman mask to school and they'd call him Bruce. And um, it, it has this really kind of beautiful meaning behind it. And it was kind of like Batman's a real guy. Batman's not from another planet or something like that or bitten by a radioactive spider. He's yeah. he becomes better than himself by his own sheer force of will. And to give it that meaning and rather than it having just being sort of this ongoing joke is really yes. profound because yeah. it, it also gets to the whole idea of look closer, see beneath sure. the surface. And I think that's what social media doesn't, I should say, rarely allows us to do. You know, mm-hmm. you only see what people want you to see. I think it's different with Dan because I think he's the exception to all of that. He yeah, never... Exactly. Is not himself. Exactly. Yeah. He's always honest. Like even when like she brings into that party and it's like, don't talk about Batman or whatever. And he's like, no, that like that's me. That's that's what I'm gonna do. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> he's so unapologetic, it. and cool. I love him. And I yeah, that is good. That, that I hadn't thought about it that way, but because yeah. it does become a little joke. Like he's always wearing a Batman T-shirt <laughs> or something, and he's his, got the Batman his license soundtrack plate in his car. And, right. And, his license plate is Batman. <laughs> yeah. He calls his truck the Batmobile. Um, the Batmobile. <laughs> it's just his thing, and he owns thing. it. It, yeah, yeah. I, he's the best character in this whole movie. Uh, he's he's the one. He's, he's, the, he's the most authentic. Yeah, you know, I think that's why it's he's so easy to like is because he is who he is, and he's it's like okay, you made me wear this. Well, I'm just gonna, but I'm gonna do my own thing with it. <laughs> you know, with mm-hmm. the hat or whatever. I think that's great. Um, and so I really like that because I mean, she, on the other hand, is trying to become something she's not. So she goes to that grateful kitchen cafe where she got the avocado toast, which <laughs> I love that this piece. is like, it's like, so what's your a biggest emotional wound? What the fuck? Why would you ask I that know. to a person that you, I mean, oh, it's our question of the day. What a horrible question of the day. I- I know. Oh man, that's completely insensitive and horrible. Yeah, <laughs> and and then asking, so how can I nourish you today? I think it's one of the f- funniest <laughs> things. In the- it's like, come on. It's one of the things. It's like makes me think. Even though I've never been there, it's like that feels so L.A. Yeah, it does. <laughs> you know? I know. I've been to L.A. a couple times, but you know, I think just the whole California cafe cuisine thing, and it's just like, ugh. yeah. But which is like skewered so perfectly when she gets what Taylor ordered and, and immediately spits, spits it, it out. out. <laughs> she takes a beautiful picture of it and then eats it like, oh, gross. Exactly. And then the next scene is her like shoveling like a burger and fries <laughs> yeah, in her face. Which I was like, McDonald's, yeah, yeah, girl. <laughs> it's terrific. But, you know, again, I mean, she's trying. She's seeing all this stuff. So she's getting her hair done. The way I mean, this is exactly the way what influencers are wanting, though, and the companies that pay mm-hmm. them are wanting. They're wanting you. It's like, okay, this person's going to post about my product online, and because they have, she has what a hundred and something thousand followers or something like that. I can't mm-hmm. remember what it was. Yeah, so I mean, reasonable. You know, it's 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 a lot, but it's not you know millions. It's not a celebrity. Yeah, and I think that. I like that. It makes sense to me. She's an influencer, but she's not like huge. She's yeah. still she's, approachable. She's trying for Ingrid. to get there, but she's not. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, so so you're getting your hair done at this particular place. You're getting. She's your, single white femaleing her. Yeah. 
She totally is. Yeah. That's a line from this too, right? I know. Yeah. Okay. But and then in like the Joan Didion book and stuff like that, which takes you to Vengeance yeah. where he says most people are posting quotes from books they've never read. Yeah. You know, talking about movies they've never seen. How many people post a seen. quote from Oscar Wilde who's ever read one of his plays or post a picture of Audrey Hepburn that have ever seen, seen one the of movie his movies. That... Yeah. One of her movies. Her movies. His movies. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with my brain. Uh, my brain is really. Uh, I've been in a. Int- I've been in an interesting place the last two months. It's been a couple. This of months This will be the now. episode to get get some stuff out. It is. It is. <laughs> well, you know what though. Um, there's a, one of the earlier scenes that just like again, like all the little nuances with her performance. Um, there's a scene with the at the grocery store where another girl who knew about what happened with her and Charlotte yes. sees her. And you kind of, well, you get, first you get kind of the backstory, you kind of get like what's going to happen here, because mm-hmm. the girl says that, you know, Charlotte commented on like one of her posts and she became obsessed. Yeah. So you know that like, if Taylor responds that she's in yes. trouble, you know? And then that scene where she's just crying and then she gets a little notification that Taylor has, has responded right. to her comment. And she says, she says, hi, Taylor is so oh my god <laughs> it's it's intense it's, it's a, like again it's like it's sad and it's desperate and it's creepy and yeah. it's scary all at the same time well she's a she's a drug addict going through withdrawal who gets a hit yeah and yeah, that's a good way to put it yeah this movie as i was watching and i was like this is such an addiction movie and she's addicted to the dopamine that she gets when she gets a like or a follower, or a uh, comment, especially if it's from Taylor. And that's such a real thing. Totally. When it comes to social media. I mean, absolutely. There's a book that I started reading. Uh, I haven't picked it up in a while because it was just kind of too much for me at the time. Called, I think it's called Dopamine Nation, where it just talks about how addicted we are as a society now to dopamine. And we're so... we have gotten to the point where we're incapable of being bored. Being bored is the ultimate, uh, it's sort of like the ultimate sin. You know, it's the, it's the worst thing that can possibly happen. Whereas when, and it, and it stifles creativity as part of the problem. Because when we were kids, if you were bored, you went outside and you rode your bikes and you found your friends and you made up stupid games outside somewhere. This generation doesn't do that as much. I'm not saying they never do it. um, Cause I mean, those kids are having fun at recess outside my portable every day. I can hear them screaming, but um, (laughs) you know, but at the same time, I think so much with the electronic base situation where we have right now, there is a, a dopamine addiction that has just sort of dulled everything for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so for a lot of young people, especially, it's very, it's, it's a, it's, it's a real issue is the thing. We're so overstimulated mm-hmm. as, exactly. as a culture now. It's just, it feels so wrong to be like, yeah, we're so overstimulated, but we're bored. But exactly. That's, it, exactly what's been happening mm-hmm. and it's only when you are not around that that you realize that that's what's been happening to you like yeah you you really don't have to be bored like there's there's plenty to do that in the real world yeah. in real life yeah but you once you get into that it's it's definitely hard to step away from it 
I mean, that's what I've been doing for the last like three months or so. And if, honestly, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> I know you. I know you are. Years. I know you are. And I've seen that. I mean, it's not that you never have a have a bad day or something like that. that that's of course happens, but it's been just much more positivity from you mm-hmm. than there was before. I mean, it's just on a regular basis. When you get that dopamine from other stuff that makes you happy, though, like I found it just through working out now and going to the gym and getting new stuff around my apartments, you know, and uh, <laughs> keeping things clean and like having these little routines that I do every day. I don't have to go on and like comment on like 10 people's posts, like hoping to start a conversation with somebody, you know, so that I'm not so lonely that night. You know, I'm, it's hard. The, the biggest thing with Ingrid that I, related to I think is that she's not good at being with herself and that's exactly that's what social media cures mm-hmm. you know or because you don't have to be by puts yourself a it's band-aid yeah. on right it, at it, best you know quote unquote cures it yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think you can really be I don't know, this is just true for me it's like I don't know that you can really be happy or really be yourself unless you can be happy just being alone with yourself mm. and not having to rely on other people and that's the big part of what I've been working on and why I haven't been on social media and I am like I said I'm doing so much better and it's really worked it's like not having that thing to rely on mm-hmm. or that that go to every time it's like no okay if i'm if i'm bored or if i'm feeling sad it's like i can you know i just i i do it might not work for everybody obviously but i go i i do the dishes or i, I do something that like yeah. you know it's, it's the same thing that i've been talking about with movies about you know your physical surroundings you know matching what's going on inside your head you know yeah. it's real that's something that's really helped me Mine is being very more... cluttered at the moment, and I can, <laughs> and I need to work on that. <laughs> I can tell. Got to be more in tune with your physical surroundings, with the world around you, and not the world inside your phone. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Exactly. <laughs> no, I a hundred percent agree with you, and yeah. This is just, I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> I know, clearly. So. No, I love it. I love it. Um, so the the scene where she sees Taylor in real life for the first time mm-hmm. is just kind of funny, I think. It's <laughs> it's hilarious. Just, it's like, oh, this book looks so interesting. I'm going to buy it. And then she walks out the door. Um, you need to pay for, for that. She says, oh, yeah, I'll be right there, you know, to nobody that's waiting outside. Um, right. Well, even before that, you know, she has that thing that, like, we've talked about, like, we've done before, like, with gym crushes or whatever. Yeah, she has, cool. and she sees be her, cool. and she's going to go in. Be cool. Be cool. Be mellow. Just be cool. And then she proceeds to be so fucking uncool. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. <laughs> Again, relatable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the fact that she finds out about their dog, kidnaps their dog. She kidnaps her dog. Oh, which is uh, in order to honestly make it pretty ki- smart. Well, <laughs> the way the way this all plays out, I mean, it's not there's it's not completely unbelievable or something like that. Yeah, that yeah, that's what I kind of liked about it. Like you said, but keeping Taylor like popular, but not so super popular that she'd never be able that Ingrid would never be able to find her, right? Or you know, actually get to her because some of those influencers are like, 
fucking millionaires. Uh-huh. Right? But Taylor's still pretty low-key, so she, yeah. she knows they make a that nice she's got living. it in with her. Yeah. They make, they're comfortable. She knows, yeah, and, you know, obviously a dog, someone's love for their dog is a good way <laughs> to to get to their hearts so honestly very sneaky and and bad thing to do but kind of smart gotta say yeah (laughs) so ezra uh taylor's husband i think is a really interesting character to have here yeah because he's sort of he's the actual bohemian he's the you know he actually is living this life that taylor sort of pretends he's actually an artist he's actually but but, but he's also fully relying on her and uh, and this social media thing that he claims to despise so much, you know, that it's so he fake. He still has a flip phone. He still's got yeah, a flip he phone. He's, even... he's a technophobe, which I've been called yeah. a Luddite in my days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, because, okay, for years... I didn't, we didn't, we couldn't afford it, frankly. So we didn't have texting on our phones for the longest time. I didn't have texting until mm-hmm. I got a smartphone, which was many, many, many years after everybody got smartphones. Um, I had it where you had to pay. Mm-hmm. So I had to keep all my texts really short. Yeah. Because <laughs> every text costs something. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't, we couldn't afford it. And people were like, why don't you text? It's like, we can't afford it. We don't have the money yeah. for it. I'd be glad we have cell phones at all, folks. Um, that kind of space. Uh, so, I, and part of it was, I just don't want to, didn't want to be that connected. To ever, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be able to be on call twenty four seven, especially when I was in church work. Because if I had been, they would have, they would have had me on call twenty four seven. So that's just the way it was. I remember that argument coming up so much, like with people when the smartphones were like getting all big. It's like, I what if I don't want somebody to be able to Reach contact me, me mm-hmm. wherever I am? Yep. <laughs> what if I just want to be left alone? Exactly. And that's the way I felt very strongly. And I see that in Ezra. But at the same time, he's fully taking advantage of the fact that he doesn't have to work. They're living off the income that Taylor is making through social media. And he He doesn't really want to, though. That's true. She's the one that convinced him to quit his job to be an artist when he's not really an artist. (laughs) He's not. I mean, and the thing is, the thing is he's being ironic about the whole thing because he is making fun of the whole hashtag culture by putting it on these kitsch paintings that you find in, you know, thrift stores. He's like the, I love the one with the horses and it's squad goals. I think that one's so funny, (laughs) but just these silly, you know, terrible paintings that he's just putting these hashtags over, which I think is kind of a brilliant comment on what social media is, though I would never, ever in a million years hang something like that in my home. No. You know, because it's it's a little bit no. you know, pretentious too, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> sure. But um I, I just find it all kind of funny. And you know, and then speaking of which of the whole the fakeness of it all, when they go to Joshua Tree, first of all, you know, when she convinces Dan to actually take the Batmobile is pretty <laughs> It's like okay, I will if you if you play Catwoman at my table. Read, I know. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny stuff. But the part where Taylor says, "Let's get a picture." Oh, 
Do you, you have something before we get just to another, that? No, just a, a line that I love from her. Just another one of those. Uh, t- when she goes and brings their dog back mm-hmm. and has dinner with them. <laughs> and Taylor makes, again, she makes this like super LA, like California drink. <laughs> right. She takes a drink of it. And it's obviously nasty. But she goes, holy fuck, this is incredible. <laughs> right. Again, Aubrey Blaza is so funny because you totally you definitely get what she she meant there yeah then of course there's the there's there's an important plot point that goes on in there that i kind of forgot about too i mean we're not going plot point by plot point here but um the where she takes all the pictures in the bathroom yeah yeah, that's sort of a Mm -hmm. that's an important element um you know it's a little bit that's another it's the creepiness you you have to you get, well, and then you want to. You got to use the same products as her to yeah. to be the same as her to look the same as her. Like, and it doesn't. That doesn't work for everybody. That's what. That's one of the things I don't like about influencer stuff. Is like, yeah, you, you can't say that this is gonna like change your life. It's not gonna work for everybody, and uh, it sucks. It's, it, absolutely. <laughs> and Ezra's line here too is yeah. good when um, something that again like I'm I'm starting to lean more towards and my social media life where it's like, I just prefer to keep certain parts of my life private. Like that's huge for a lot of people. Exactly. And uh, and that's, again, that's kind of a point I'm getting to now. It's like, I think I've revealed enough. (laughs) Yeah. And I just, I don't want to put as much of my life and my, my thoughts and feelings on social media anymore. I don't want the record of my life, you know, again, referring to vengeance, I don't want my scratch on the record of life to be of the universe or whatever, to be um, just what is left behind on a dead Twitter account. Yeah. You know, I want myself to be more than that. Mm -hmm. And exactly. You just want, and for the fragments to be only, yeah. And, but exactly. There's, there's this whole thing, you know, parts of your life. But the thing is, even with Taylor, even as much as she shares on Instagram and, and her Insta fans and everything, she isn't really sharing anything of who yeah. she is. She doesn't share anything real. Yeah. Everything that she's sharing is just, you know, what he's, what she's getting paid for. What, I mean, does she even like the crap mm-hmm. that she eats from the Grateful Kitchen or whatever? No. I, I don't know. She doesn't really say. She's a bit of a hypocrite. Yeah. I mean, well, I see a, a bit of a hypocrisy in her. I mean, she's like, it's supposed to, I guess it's like one of those like healthy, like super healthy like places to eat or whatever, but she smokes. Yep. <laughs> she does drugs. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> How much, what can you really trust? I don't know. Not, I mean, not that that makes anybody a bad person, you know, done it too, but. <laughs> well, no, no, I know what you mean though. I mean, it's, but, it's the, what is the persona if the persona that you are putting out into the world is one thing, but you're doing another thing, that's the definition of hypocrisy, right? Sure. You know, if because you're not fully who you are. I mean, and you don't need to share everything you are on social media either. I mean, it's all just very, oh, it's, it's a complex subject. That's the thing about why these movies are so effective, I think, because there's a lot of complexity in it. And there's a lot of good. We haven't mentioned it yet, but yeah, there is a lot of there good, good from yeah social media the world has gotten so big and so small at the same time that like sometimes this is the only thing that people have you know as a way to talk to people and meet people Mm -hmm. i mean it's a this is how it's how we met (laughs) and i anything that i say about anything that i i don't like about social media i'm 
100% not talking about like all of the amazing people that I have met Absolutely. through Twitter that I yeah. genuinely consider to be my friends. Yeah. Have I met most of them in real life? No. Yeah. But they are they're, they're real people. They're real friends. We've had yeah. really some of them I've had like really deep intense conversations with and I trust them yep. a lot more than maybe even some people that I know in my real life. Mm-hmm. So I'm never going to say anything bad about that. That That's never going to be right. a, a negative thing about social media because it, it, the, some of the people that I've, I've met and shared things with and had conversations with have helped me through incredibly tough times, yep. right? Yep. So I, I can't ever take that away. Yeah. And I agree with that too. I mean, I wouldn't, for example, I wouldn't be doing the writing thing at all if it weren't for for Twitter. Yeah. Um, that's how I met Jerry. That's how I met Mike Snoonian. I mean, that's it's different people like that who have sort of been instrumental in helping in getting things started there. Um, so I, uh, to some extent, even like some of my editors, I communicated with on social media before writing for them, you know? So I found out about various opportunities because of John posted something on Twitter or something like that. So there have definitely been positive elements there too, as far as like the side hustle I do, but you know, real friendships as well that have developed, particularly with my co-host here. And again, we still haven't (laughs) met in person. I mean, we, we do these conversations over Zencaster. So we've, see each other on a fairly regular basis. Not the same. But it's not the same as being in the same room yeah. and, and things like that. So, you know, it's it's a very <laughs> strange kind of situation. But it's also part of getting used to the modern age, I think, a new step yeah. in the modern age. It's all very and it's one of the, complex. And it's such a good thing about social media because it's people from everywhere that you would ordinarily never meet mm-hmm. in your life yeah. if you never stepped outside of your own city your own state yeah. or whatever it's like i didn't know people that were into this existed yeah yeah all of my best friends are all over the freaking world it's pretty crazy yeah and I, and i never would have met them and that's what i love about it and that's uh, this even like this one little thing that brings us together like usually it's like movies or horror movies or something yeah, that's how that's the kind of group you form when you, yeah. you get on social media is like whatever you're into and then you find your group that way. Mm-hmm. But then like you start having real conversations. Yeah. And it's just it's it's actually kind of incredible that 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 happens and that it can be as meaningful as it is without actually being face to face with that person, but it's true. It really is. Yep. Yeah. Some people don't want to believe that that's possible and it in my experience it absolutely is. Well, I think uh, for me, it was fitness Twitter is how I started. So it was mm-hmm. getting to know people who were also having, um, who were going through a quote unquote weight loss journey, if you want to use the euphemism for it. But <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. Uh, it just sounds, it sounds a little bit pretentious, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, we're we're all we're all people who are making our butts smaller is pretty much what it was. <laughs> but um but there was real encouragement there. There was real um ability to uh be accountable to people. That was really helpful at first. So 
and they're still, I, I really like a lot of those people still. Uh, I spend, I don't post on, I, I have a separate account for that now. I've sort of like my, this is your horror <laughs> movie account and this is your yeah. uh, fitness account, you know. Gym. Yeah. And I don't, it's, I can't split my personality very easily like that. <laughs> it's tough. So I, I don't know. It's just is what it is. But one of the things that struck me as far as sort of the falsehood of it, though, in this movie is when they're in Joshua Tree and she's like, hey, let's take a picture together. And it's like, okay, stand like this. Put your bag there. Um, you know, Which, first make of all, this... is, is huge for Ingrid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, she oh absolutely. A picture with Taylor. Yeah. 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 Make this pose. Okay. Uh, you're taking the picture doing this our favorite. Can you take, poor guy. <laughs> can you take it again? Get lower so you can get the sign in the picture. And it's just kind of like, lady, I'm doing you a favor here. You know, you want me to get all Although, the way down yeah. into the dirt to take a picture of you. I mean, you got to do what is aesthetically pleasing for Instagram. Yeah. And it was just like, I found myself being, that's really annoying. <laughs> I, I mean, if I was yeah. that oh, guy, absolutely. if I would have been that guy, I would have been like, um, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that here. Here's your phone. Have a nice day. Well, even the way she was posing and interacting with Ingrid, I mean, it was nothing spontaneous nope. or real. It nope. was... You got to get this angle. Hold your bag down like this. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. there's no genuine, nothing genuine. Like we're having such a good time together, kind of picture. Absolutely yeah. not. It was all for whatever she was going to post about it later. Yeah, yeah. And then this whole time, we know that she's made this agreement with Dan that she's going to bring the truck back in time for the table read of his script, and she's going to mm-hmm. be Catwoman for it. And she ignores his calls. She the truck breaks down. She, um, they end up staying the night and he, she does not communicate with him in any way whatsoever. Um, they do his Coke. They do his, they do his Coke. That's right. But I mean, this is so important to Ingrid. Like there's no way Mm -hmm. that she can, and she doesn't give a fuck about Dan ever. No, Uh, I, I, I truly don't believe that at all. Um, she has to, She's having a moment. She's having a, her connection with Taylor. Like, there's no way that she's going to give that up. Just And Dan uh, Dan is, like, the sweetest, nicest, cutest dude ever. Like, I would be on him yeah. in a second. He's and so patient. she does not appreciate him yeah. at all. Yeah. It's so sad. He literally saves her life. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't care. Like, she does not care. Yeah. Oh, man. So... Such a good scene, though, when they're singing, um, they're singing the Casey and Jojo song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All my love. I was singing, I was totally singing along with during that <laughs> scene, too. But, oh, my God. Again, with Aubrey Plaza, the when they're singing and she's, like, realizing that she's, like, again, having this moment with Taylor, the look on her face as yeah. she's, especially, like, to go along with the lyrics. Yeah. You know, I've prayed for someone like you. Yeah. Like, she's so into it. You know, and it's she's uh, that that desperation and that like, yeah. oh, my God, this is it. This is it. I, f- I finally have this friend that I need. Yeah. Well, and, uh, and Taylor it's... says you're a really good friend, Ingrid. Mm-hmm. But Taylor doesn't know her. They, yeah. you know, I mean, basically all she does, all that Ingrid does is enable is and affirm Taylor. That's all she does. 
um, everything yeah. she has done up to this point, which is exactly what Taylor seems to need to and crave herself. Absolutely. You know, so it's this double-edged sword that's going on here. And this is this whole idea, you know, we're going to buy the house next to that one. It's going to be like my Instagram, but for real, everything inside of the house will be for sale. I think that is one of the most profound lines that she says, isn't it? It's like, uh-huh. you know... My whole life is for it's like, sale. It's just going to be. And we're yeah. going to call it Desert well, also, Door from my favorite <laughs> book by Norman Mailer. It's called The Deer Park, which <laughs> we find out she's never later read. she's never read. <laughs> well, it's yeah. even like that, the egotism that you get from getting sucked into all this influencer stuff mm-hmm. like the oh people are actually listening to me and stuff because she's talking about how everything in the hotel is it's just gonna be like filled with things that i like yeah. like, like well how fucking selfish is that <laughs> it's like uh, how full of yourself do you have to be that uh, people uh, obviously it's true like people do want what you have like that's exactly yeah. what ingrid is doing and that's exactly the point of influencers yeah, yeah but that's also that's not a good mindset to be in yeah. at all. So she's absolutely a victim of it too. Like oh, totally. having to having to just keep stepping it up and you know, you see that in her relationship with Harley, yeah. the one who has a million followers. Exactly. And that's the whole thing. Even better than her. The way yeah. the way her eyes light up when she says Harley Chung, she's got like mm-hmm. over a million followers. I mean it's just yep. like okay, bye Ingrid. Like yep. immediately. <laughs> that's that's exactly it's like and and Ingrid's like, oh, I got us into this thing. So remember, we were going to go to that. It's like, yeah. Do you mind if I bail? This yeah. is just a big deal for my career, basically, is what she says. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ouch. It's 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 ouch. Oh, it's it's really painful moment. And you know, it's like, oh, it's okay. I'll just go myself, which she doesn't. <laughs> I mean, they show her at home, <laughs> looking at Instagram. <laughs> You know, on again on the outside yep. looking in, it's like, and she invites herself to that party, and um, anyway, because well, Taylor has gone there with with Harley, yeah, and she promised she would go with Ingrid, uh. yeah. Well, I mean, and Nikki, uh, <laughs> the whole thing that happens, Nikki, Nick, Nikki, <laughs> who is, oh gosh, what a. Mm. He's Taylor's a, he's brother a really, shows up. Really difficult character. <laughs> he is because he's. So annoying. Yeah. I hate him so much, but he's also just like the one who gets it right away. He's immediately suspicious of Ingrid, which yeah. why why would you be? I don't know what he's got some kind of weird instinct about it. Yeah. There's no reason for him to to think like that. But, you know, he's there's gotta be a little cog in this wheel that's gonna like make everything yeah. uh fall apart for Ingrid and Nikki is it. Yeah. God, yeah. God he's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like him. So one of the things, though, when, when they're at that party, though, to me, it seems like Ezra. I'm like, I just keep on coming back to Ezra. He always, he plays along with this because he knows this is, mm-hmm. you know, his relationship is kind of dependent upon it. Uh, his livelihood is kind of dependent upon it. But he seems so uncomfortable with this whole arrangement mm-hmm. the whole time, you know. He's um, not happy when they at f- all. No, he's not. He's he's pretty miserable. And you see that here in this party scene. He's just like, you know, whatever. And when they show him at the end in the Halloween party, he's the same way where he's dressed as the dude. Um, the it's, dude, it's, I know. it's just like, <laughs> I love that. But he's he's just like, 
he's clearly just so uncomfortable with this arrangement. And that comes into play at the, after the next party, which is, you know, after this seduction of Dan, which is obviously where she, <laughs> the cat woman. Thing. Again, but it still makes me so mad. Because it, it's because she's, she's lying to she's, him the whole time. She's using him. Um, for the purpose, it's like they, they got it. They keep on saying, "Oh, your fake boyfriend, the guy that doesn't exist." Yeah. And it's like, well, no, he's real. And that's, a, that's the only reason that she goes for him is yeah. because she now she needs him to yeah. to be her boyfriend, and he, she doesn't care about him at all. Mm. No, and uh, it, uh, and the thing is, he never really even up even up until the very end. I mean, he has a moment where he. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, when he gets beaten up by Nikki, I think <laughs> I think he's yeah. probably like he gets it. <laughs> but even after that, after he wakes up in the hospital and she's there and everything, he still cares for her. And it's it's just like there's such thing as as people that are just good people, and, and you know, and and he wants to see the good in people. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a good way of putting it, I think. But I think. I, one of my favorite sequences in the whole thing is between Ezra and Ingrid when they're at the pool. Yes. He's just kind of had it. He goes out and he's sitting there by himself and she goes out and they're just talking about this is this is the this is what Instagram is all about to me section of the movie. This is sort of like the thesis of the film <laughs> is found here. I yeah. think the thesis of vengeance is found in the scenes with uh Ashton Kutcher. This is the one yep. that's the thesis for Ingrid Goes West, where he's talking about everything is the best with her. Yeah. You know, everything is always the best. Uh, and you hear that all the time. You hear that with our politicians. You know, everything is, this person is the worst ever. No, that person is the worst ever. You know, it, it, it's just a language that is influ- that has gotten completely into our culture. Everything is either the best or the worst. Frankly, that's not the case. There are very few things that are the best and very few things are the worst. And most everything else is in the mushy middle. You know, that's reality. That's just the, that's the bell curve of reality, right? You know? Yeah. Um, he's talking about, it's like, The Deer Park is my favorite book. She's never even read it, you know? And uh, he talks about, I miss the old Taylor. Um, she didn't know anybody. She was this... She was a nobody. She was this preppy chick out here, not knowing, having a clue. And Ingrid brings that back on Taylor later saying, you know, you were just Mm -hmm. like me. And to which Taylor has a reasonably good retort, I think, though, too. Says, no, I was not just like you. I actually (laughs) wasn't, you know, crazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Ezra, like, doesn't love taylor oh i think anymore. He no I, I i don't think that's the case either it's just you know again you know she's honestly like she's done what she's had to do to to get to where she is and it's just not it, it doesn't mesh with the kind of person that he is he's not willing to do that not that there's anything wrong with her being willing to do that as long as you're real but she is not that's the thing that's the thing you know like yeah. you can i think you can have a job like hers and be real yeah. Like that's what people re- re- relate to the most. Mm-hmm. That's what will keep people coming back. And she just, uh, she, again, like I said, like she's a victim too. Like yeah. she's influenced. She's totally just been as entrapped much. by this whole thing. Yeah. 
now she's in it, she can't. It's she hard can't to balance get, that. Yeah, now that right. she's in it, she can't get out of it. And it's hard to to balance that out. And you know, she to in a way like she is kind of being smart because she's not really revealing a lot of real stuff about herself. Because exactly. maybe you don't want to do that no. if you do become popular. You don't want someone like Ingrid or somebody even worse, right? You know, coming after you, which has happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, and part of me wonders if she's if she's using her real name. Yeah. You know, because it would be smart not to. You know, <laughs> uh, but you know that's the way it is. So, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I kind of, I kind of wish that I had maybe used a pseudonym with my writing, but it's, right. it is what it is. Um, so, because I, I, I found out someone who did, and I was like, oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, this person told me, and I was like, okay, that was smart. <laughs> I wish I had done that uh, myself, but uh, it's. Just, uh, I wish I had done that. I think we're low key enough that it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, being a teacher and also writing about horror, sure. you know, kind of might might have been smart. But it it is what it is. I don't. Oh, just one thing I also don't understand is I don't understand now. Kind of being away from it, I don't understand wanting that kind of life because. Like, I think you said in another episode, like, the thought of going viral now. It's horrifying. That sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds absolutely awful. Like, I've had that happen a couple of times where some of my posts have gone, like, quote, unquote, viral, like, to to somebody of my stature, or it's gotten, like, a couple thousand likes and a couple hundred, like, replies and retweets and and stuff. And I was like, "Mm, I don't like this (laughs) at all. Like, I do not understand the people that have thousands and thousands of followers and getting like yeah sometimes that that notification is like a dopamine drop or whatever but it's also it it can be completely overwhelming and and like way too much and i i I can't imagine i understand like that you know it's it's a good way it's honestly a good way to make a living it's a it's people Mm -hmm. do it plenty of people do it nowadays but just having that kind of notoriety and like yeah you can turn all your notifications and stuff off but just like i think seeing that would just be like again overstimulation yeah it's not really what's good for me right now i found Mm -hmm. out so well and you know i think the thing is with with certain (laughs) i imagine some celebrities some of them they don't have look at it (laughs) some of them have staff who do the tweeting for them first of all uh i know that's true of springsteen's uh twitter account (laughs) It's, it's it's like it's it actually I think it actually says it in in the bio. It says you know tweets are by the staff. They're not by me. Sure. You know? But like Stephen King, he he actually tweets something. He'll tweet something. He'll mm. get. But the thing is, he never replies to anything. Right. And it's just like and like I they, don't. They probably don't even have notifications on. But and, and the thing still, is, like somebody of yeah. But somebody of Taylor's status has to. Exactly. She has to work on getting that engagement and getting seen and getting Mm -hmm. known. That's, uh, to me, that's as much work as like thinking about like what perfect thing to post, you know, for the day. I know. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Because like Stephen King doesn't need to tweet at all. And he would still. (laughs) And in fact, sometimes I wish he wouldn't. But, (laughs) you know, but. it's it's just that celebrity thing. You know, even sometimes someone will say something completely innocuous. You know, like Steve Martin got <laughs> slammed for some tweet he made about 
Carrie Fisher when she passed away and this close, this dear friend of his, and he used a word that offended people and they, he had to retract his tweet about his dear friend that these people didn't, had never met, you know, and it's just like, it's the stupidest situation, you know, being a celebrity on Twitter, it would be like, if I was famous enough to, to be in that boat, I would just not do Twitter because the only, all that celebrities on Twitter ever do is put their foot in their mouths. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's all that ever happens, <laughs> you know, because ev- no one, because, and we'll get into this more with vengeance because some of the lines that are said, you know, people take the opposite take just to take the opposite take things like yeah. that. Uh, I, I think it's all really is so profound and so true, but, um, we're kind of getting to the part where the wheels fall off here because mm-hmm. Nikki uh, takes her phone and blackmails her. Um, so he <laughs> sets, she sets up this whole thing. I'll pay one of you guys 200 bucks to punch me in the face uh, to make it look like Nikki has beat her up. Um, yeah. Which convinces Dan to help kidnap Nikki uh, to get her phone back. Uh, I love his line. He's so funny in that scene. Tupac <laughs> said there'd be days like this. I think it's one of the funniest lines. <laughs> I, <laughs> I love that line. So, and, but uh, that's so funny. It's like, Nikki's saying, you know, I can see through this bag, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like headbutts him or something. Oh man. Yeah. And the beat, each, the beats him up and he shoots him in the face with it. And it's a paintball gun. Uh, which would hurt like <laughs> hell, but in your face, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. But um, Dan ends up in the hospital, and it looks like he's in a like a chemically induced coma, is what they have him in there, um, just oh. for, for him to recover. And Ingrid is there, but not there. She doesn't care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's there because she had to like, be getting back in with Taylor. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Taylor doesn't want to see you anymore and doesn't want to hear from you. But that scene where she just keeps calling her over and over and over and over. And then finally she's like, Taylor, I was just kidding. It's like, it's like, oh, you fucking bitch. Yeah. And, and, and throws her phone. It's like, I was just kidding. You know, that stuff that she does is it's that scene is brutal to watch. And then Ezra says, you know, stop calling you know, this is, you're done here. Jeez. You know? oh, and she tries calling again. The voicemail is full. Um, you know, it's three in the morning. Stop calling. Um, yeah. But buying the house that Taylor wanted to buy out from under her and then just letting it go to shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All that. She's, and like you were saying, that whole idea of her surroundings reflecting what's going on it within her and there's just you know the food everywhere the ants and the it's gross you know she's gonna get the power turned the off power gets turned off the moment yeah. when her phone dies and yeah. she can't recharge it and she just that's like freaks out end yeah for her yeah. yeah that's like the worst thing that could ever happen yeah just that <laughs> what does she say meltdown <laughs> what does she say when she wakes up at the end where's my phone where's my phone it's like uh that thing uh that attachment to phones yeah i i mean that's a whole other conversation just like the phone in general but uh, it's it's really good way to convey again yeah that addiction and that that desperation and that yeah 
you know, clinging for connection and her loneliness. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. You know, and then she, you know, she goes to the Halloween party and uh, asks for five minutes with her. Uh, Taylor says the line, we were never with, we were never friends because everything about you is a lie. And she responds back, no, everything about you is a lie. Uh, you said you were She's lame and basic and yeah. had no friends. You were just like me. And she says, no, I wasn't just like you because. <laughs> Was she though? <laughs> that's the thing. We don't know. Yeah. Uh, because Taylor never reveals that kind of stuff about herself. Again, we don't really know. Again, which still, is still by smart, the end of the movie, though. you still don't really know about Taylor. No, yeah. no. I think it's interesting that her and Harley are dressed up like Cher and Dion from <laughs> Clueless, Clueless. Too. <laughs> because is that not the, okay? First of all, okay, that's Clueless is a whole other conversation. Yeah. It's one of the best like teen comedies that's held up over the years. Oh, it's and great. Cher is it like a really good so person. Well. Yeah. She's not. I think it's good that she was. Dress up like Cher is kind of because it kind of fits with her character where she's she's sucked into that like being popular culture, but I think inside she's still like a good person, she's yeah. Just been influenced so heavily. I think that's the same thing like with Cher because Cher is actually a really good person, you she know, is, but she yeah. does she does have that status of being like super popular and super rich and that yep. she doesn't quite understand people that aren't like that, yeah. That's exactly right. And it's, uh, that's, gosh, that's a really intelligent movie. I, I really like it Clueless. Is. It still works. I yeah. love Clueless. Mm-hmm. Okay, so making the video, this is. I had totally forgotten about this. Oh, part. I, I had too, actually. And it is, it is so profound. <laughs> and it's just like, again, it's more of like, oh, this is social media and Twitter in a different kind of nutshell, but in a nutshell, yeah, this yeah. is what exactly what happens. It's so fascinating the way that this this movie ends about as perfectly as a movie like this can end, I think. Right. Because, okay, she she tries to kill herself. She posts the video on Instagram. And she's talking about, you know, how lonely she is, how she's like, mm-hmm. oh, I've lied to you this whole time, this, this everything that I've posted. Because Ingrid, like, through knowing Taylor, has gained some followers and stuff and, yeah. you know, posted some things that have made her gain a little bit more traction on social media too. Yeah. And so she's, you know, saying like, I haven't been the real me. Like this is, you finally seeing the real me now. Do you think she's being real in this video? Or is this just another ploy in some way? It could be another cry for help. I mean, it's, (sighs) yeah, a part of it might be, but I mean, the line, and I think this applies to some of the things said in Vengeance, too. I bet I know what it it's is. Like, <laughs> if you don't have anything to share with anything, with anyone, what's the point of living? Yep. So you don't exist unless, again, the, the line from Vengeance, if you don't have a take, if you don't have a voice, you don't exist. Mm-hmm. And that's that's. If you the don't line. have anybody to see your post, if you don't have any followers... Mm-hmm. You know, do you actually exist? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then the fact That's that... So fucking sad. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And when she wakes up in the hospital, where's my phone? That's so funny and dark and sad and twisted mm-hmm. all at the same time. But then she sees all the balloons and flowers and everything. They're all emojis too, which mm-hmm. I think is really kind of profound in its own way. And so it looks like you have lots of fans out there, which immediately made me think of Scream 4. You know, <laughs> I, I don't need friends. I yeah. need fans. Fans. Uh, sure. 
so uh, Dan had called 911 uh, when he saw the video, and this is so dark. This is so dark to me. This end that, I mean, yes, she lives, but she doesn't care that she's alive. She doesn't care that Dan is by her side. What she cares about is you have a hashtag trending. I am Ingrid. Your follower count has blown up. You are trending. That is what matters to her. And she's just... She has all these comments (sighs) under her video of support. Yeah, it's, it's I, I wrote down this, just the feeding of her addiction, and now she has thousands of enablers. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> just pumping her full of those sweet, sweet endorphins. And it's it's That's dark as hell. Dark. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I, 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 but I love an ironic ending, though. I love an ironic ending like that. It's just, it's, it's the perfect way to end this movie to me. Because it's good that she's alive. But then she's got this this thing that is still part of her, and it's feeding this uh, monster. It's feeding this mental health disaster that ruins her and ruins the people around her. She's made this video that's supposedly made her more relatable. Because, uh, yeah, okay, if she was being completely real in that video, which I don't know that we can say for certain. No. I... I I mean, I, it hurts me to say that because she does actually, you know, take pills and try to kill herself. But yeah. why did she make the video then and, and post it knowing that she has these followers now, knowing that somebody might see it and, and help her? And like, this, this might be another, I don't know, you know, this feels, feels kind of wrong to like accuse her of that. But it's very possible yeah. because that's that's just the kind of world she's been living in and like needing... I don't know. <laughs> I, I just that's what I've been wondering is if she's actually being real and if this just uh, her getting more followers and like being real finally is what makes her the, the most popular that she's probably ever going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just and it's, and it's just one of those things like a clockwork orange ending like that she hasn't actually changed, you know, at the end. <laughs> yeah. Right, I was cured. I don't all know. Right. Uh, yeah, I was cured. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she was cured. No. Was she cured? I don't know. No, I don't think <laughs> That's, so. And I think it's good that it kind of leaves it open like that. You know, that either way, it's it's not good. I think. <laughs> you know. Totally. Yeah. That's. I, I love an ending like that. I mean, maybe yeah. it's the cynic in me that thinks that. I'm going to say, what do you believe? Okay, because when I... Speaking of A Clockwork Orange, because the novel ends differently than the book. Yes. Okay, because... um, I mean, than the movie. (laughs) The novel ends differently than the book. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I know. (laughs) The novel ends different from the movie. The movie ends with the American ending where he says, I was cured all right, where he's going back into his life of crime and the old in out in out at will and all those sorts of things that got him in trouble in the first place right so the book the british ending has a has another ending where he runs into mm-hmm. his old friends in a in a bar kind of place a milk bar kind of place and um it's about leaving those things behind essentially mm-hmm. and it's the dullest ending and least interesting ending to a book that I could have read when I was in college. I mean, I understand yeah. <laughs> why Burgess. I understand why Burgess had that as his ending. I I get it. I just 
don't think it's as I think Kubrick was right. I think the the other ending is more, that's more real. It's more impactful because it's also just the dirty nature of humanity, I think, too. Mm-hmm. We are messy, messy people. And the I was cured all right ending, I think, is fairly true to who we are as a species. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I and I and I think that applies well. That's I, I, that's very profound of you to bring up that movie in relation to this one because I didn't think of it in the slightest. That's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, because I mean, the, the the fact that they both end in the hospital and that they end with this, you're okay now, but you're really not ending. You're really not. Yeah, she didn't change at all. Oh I don't man, think. it's. Uh, I think this is. Uh, there's a lot going on here. And it's a really well done little movie um, that just, I don't know how uh, popular this was when it came out because I just hadn't heard of it until more recently. And I wasn't on film Twitter back in 2017. So I think it's one of those movies where like the people that know about it know how good it is. But no, I don't think it was super popular. I'm glad you became like obsessed with it and that I could watch it again, especially Again, like what we're both going through now with social media is Mm -hmm. kind of what I needed to see. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it pairs so well, I think, with Vengeance, which the one thing I have to say about Vengeance in the negative is that the title doesn't really work (laughs) entirely. I think that the title is It's... it's, it's a bit forgettable. And unfortunately, it's which so I think it kind of got lost in the shuffle. Of, yeah. I think I'm not really sure why it was called that because <laughs> it doesn't the movie doesn't really have anything to do with vengeance. <laughs> he talks about the meaning of vengeance. He talks about it uh, early on in the film, but it's just kind of like. But you're right. I mean, if it had been maybe Abilene or the name of the town or something, something dead white girl, dead white girl. <laughs> you know. I mean, obviously that that title probably wouldn't fly either, but um, (laughs) there's just something about it that just makes you go. um, I kind of wonder if the original title was something like Abilene, because that's the name that they settle on for the podcast itself. Yeah. I I just think, (laughs) though, I like, because I have a feeling, I wonder if BJ Novak was going through that list of this is what I'm going to call this movie. And one of them is Douchebag Goes West, which I think is the funniest. (laughs) 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 Which, which, hey, relates to our previous film, right? Um, Definitely does. That's a pretty small criticism of this movie, though. This movie was not at all what I was expecting from it. Mm -mm. And it's one of those times when I'm like so glad when that happens. It's like you feel like you've found a treasure. Yeah. You know, because I hadn't heard anything. I know you you said you heard talk about this, but I hadn't heard anything about this movie before I saw it just like kind of pop up and suggestions of you know new movies you know to rent on amazon prime or whatever and i just read the description it was mm-hmm. you know he was making a podcast about you know this dead girl which i was like hey i have a podcast and i was like oh it might be like one of those like skewering of you know podcast culture or whatever mm-hmm. so i was interested in in watching that and then it just ended up being so much more like deep and, and profound than i was expecting again yeah. for you know the way my life is going now and like how I'm seeing the world and how I'm interacting with the world now is a little bit different than it was even a year ago. Yeah. 
And I think this really taps into a lot of things that I've been thinking and questioning. Yeah, one of the great things about this movie's marketing, too, was the trailers didn't really give away what the movie was. It said, Mm -hmm. it gave the setup, essentially shows him, you know, little clips interspersed with him that where he's talking on the phone with his editor, you know, the, the, Mm -hmm. the, the podcast editor, you know, it's essentially that conversation broken up into with these other interstitial things put in there. So it doesn't go it. So it makes it look like a comedy and it's a very Mm -hmm. funny movie. It's kind of the way you get into the movie, but by the end there's, there's some really heavy, profound things going on as well. So, I mean, I don't know how you classify this movie exactly. And that's one of the things I like about it is that, Ingrid Goes West is kind of the same way. I mean, it's funny. It's got a lot of humor in it, but they're both dramatic films, ultimately. They're both dark comedy dramas. Yeah, they (laughs) are. They are. I mean, even starting the movie the way they do with that Red Solo Cup song, which Mm -hmm. I find really funny, Red Solo Cup. Yeah. I get that song stuck (laughs) in my head after, and I'd never heard it before watching this movie. And I was like, well, how is this this song not in my life? Because this is amazing. But then they're showing this woman dying (laughs) on the side, in the the middle of nowhere. Trying to call for help on her phone. Uh, There's no cell service out there. Um, and, And, you know, they just have those, those oil rigs going. And just the look of that is, it's really well. It's a good-looking movie too, especially for such, yeah, for a first-time director, you know. And I think it, it's got a real strong vision to it that I like. The writing, though, is just absolutely it's brilliant. Genius, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, um, <laughs> this movie. the way that he just gets everything, yeah, you know. Yeah, he gets it. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and he knows how to convey it in a way that is both funny and really meaningful yeah. at the same time, if yeah. you're paying attention. Yeah. he He's <laughs> able to uh, tap into that generalized societal force and define it. I will define yes. it. <laughs> that's what I will do. Yeah. I will define it. I will define it. <laughs> And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the funniest things. Uh, that's yeah, that's later. That's later. But I think Ben, uh, played by B.J. Novak, and this is something too. I mean, to star in your debut feature, ballsy, uh, and he pulls it off. You know, I think he's. Uh, I think he's really effective uh, in the role as well as handling the direct, the direct, and the writing of mm-hmm. this thing. It's really well done. And um, I mean, obviously, he's worked with lots of good directors over the years between The Office and his film work. So he's I'm sure he had uh, help along the way. Um, But just starting out with him, with who he is, you know, he's a smart guy. He's looking for something deeper. But at the same time, he's having this incredibly vapid conversation with John Mayer at a party. And I just find that stuff yeah. so funny, though. I mean, just and it's and it's this skewering of like it really is a skewering of current social etiquette. It's like how yeah. how many whys really. do you put on hay in this situation? Yeah. It, it, more than more than two is desperate. Just one is a little too blunt. It's too curt. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which again is like that's exactly what you think. Exactly. I know <laughs> when, when you're trying to reply to people. And they just, re- and it's like, uh, uh, John Mayer saying is like, I, th- if I, I almost feel like this was improvised. 
and they just cut the, into the best bits, you know, where John Mayer says something it looks like, like, it. like says, I'm dating like six girls right now. I've got, you know, juggling. And sometimes I just wonder what it would be like to just be dating, you know, like two or three. Two or three. And, and, and of course, the response is 100%. 100%. 100%. Yeah. 100%. They're so full of themselves and talking about how, like, uh, people think that, like, our thing is that we just don't want to commit. It's like, I don't, really. Like, because that's not the culture we're living in now. We're living in, like, the quick, again, like, quick dopamine, adrenaline, rush yeah. hookup culture. Yeah. Like, get it fast, get it now, and move on. Yeah. <laughs> and well, it, it, that can apply to so much other stuff in their life too and the line he says about commitments like it's like it's not that i'm committed to anybody it's i'm committed to everybody yeah <laughs> which i think is like because again that's a social media concept and though this movie doesn't rarely talk specifically about yeah. twitter facebook instagram <laughs> hive whatever <laughs> hive um <laughs> hive. It, it's who's on facebook anymore brian you're old <laughs> Yes, I am. Um, but it, it's just so... All my friends are old. What can I say? That's how I keep in touch with them. Um, so it, it's just one of those things that... God, I I don't know... It, but it, yeah, they but don't it's, talk about it, it specifically, but they are. But they are talking about... You get it. They're totally talking about social media from top to yeah. bottom of this. And just the various ways that... I mean, even when they're talking about how music is consumed, it's talking about Twitter, uh, which I think is really fascinating. I think what he says right at the beginning here and still at that party, but he's talking to Eloise, yes. his uh, podcast producer. Yeah. I think he he's it's like he's being kind of again kind of like a douchebag and like thinking he knows it all. Like because he's he's like I think I figured out America, and I think what he says. Even though it sounds like it's, I don't know. It, again, like it sounds like he's doesn't really know what he's talking about. I think it's still it's really kinda, true. It's kind of profound, yeah. When he says that America isn't divided by geography, it's divided by time. Yeah, and he's talking about I, things like texting and stuff. Exactly, oh, I he's love talking about that. texting. He's talk. He's talking about um, how we don't live in the moment anymore. We you know we don't go to the movies anymore. We don't watch live TV anymore. We just we take pictures of things um, and or video and just to file it away for later. We don't enjoy the experience in the moment that we're having the experience. Yeah. Anyway, we we always think about like, oh, this would be a good picture to post yes. on Instagram. You know. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. I mean, it's like another good way to look at it. And even the idea that we don't talk on the phone anymore, we text and I might respond a second from now. I might respond a minute from now. I might never respond, you know? So the the conversation just, it flows differently. Um, It's, it's really fascinating, but you're right. It sounds kind of like he's talking out of his ass, but he's not. But he's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so um, it's it's and she says it's a theory, though. It's an idea. You need a per, you need a story because that's what people connect to. People connect still, which is interesting, too, that they still connect to stories. You know, even if we are separated by this time span now, mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. Because that's how you find a connection within all the noise that's uh-huh. on social media is if you find that one story that you really relate to or you really understand, like that's what's going to get a real response out of people. Yeah. So yeah, there there is still that longing for that kind of connection, like 
amongst all of the other bullshit that's, yeah. that's happening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and even the way he files away the women <laughs> that he meets, he, he types in their first name and where he met them. Or something, some defining feature about them. I think the the one uh, the random house party that one's really funny. Is that, so is that a random <laughs> that... house party or a random house like the publisher? The the book. It's like the it's like it's the like I, I I don't know. <laughs> then when, then when, then when she comes in, it's like oh, how's the because pub- she's brunette. How's... she's brunette? Random house party. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like how's how's the publishing? You world? changed your hair. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I love that. Like, how's the publishing world? What? What? <laughs> I think that's so funny. And Abilene, of course, Abby, Texas. That's how. Abby. Yeah. She was, yeah. He, he knew her because of, because she was from Texas and she had spent time in New York and she went back home and she gets a phone call from, he gets a phone call, I should say. He gets a phone call. From Tyler. Ty. Um, <laughs> I love Ty. Ty played by, I got a, yeah, yeah Boy, Boyd Holbrook is his name. No relation to Hal. I looked it up. Right. Um, but <laughs> he's uh, he's so good in this. Uh, really, really good. So good. And I think he's kind of overshadowed by Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. But he's really terrific. What he's doing in this, I mean, he is as smart as oh, yeah. anybody. But he kind of has this yokel veneer on him. And so you underestimate him a lot, I think. And I think that's one of the things that's so brilliant about the way Holbrook plays him, too, is that, I don't know, the and, and the way that Novak writes him is uh-huh. is it kind of goes back and forth between these inanities and these profundities, you know? Oh, yeah. Like when they're talking about Whataburger... Uh- it's always there. <laughs> it's like then they get it's like look, listening listen to me. While trying to explain why you love Whataburger, it's like trying to explain why you love Christmas or your dog or what's the other one that says it's really funny. I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, it's it's really funny though. And it says it's just you just do. And I think that is deeply intelligent you could point to the reasons but the reasons reasons aren't the the point point. you just love it and that's how love works that's right and that is hello deep man that's (laughs) deep man and he's self he's He's kind of like stuff like that throughout the movie throughout mm -hmm. from beginning to end he's kind of like the dan of of this movie where he's really just kind of being himself yep the whole time Mm -hmm. actually everybody is that's the thing about um Okay, so he, bleh. okay, so Ben gets a call that Abilene, who he barely remembers, he has to like while he's on the phone with Ty, he's got to like look her up, mm-hmm. you know, on his phone. He's like, yeah. oh, Abby, that's right. Kind of gets talked into going to her funeral in Texas. And what I love about this movie is that it kind of sets up, you know, like he's from New York City, so he's he's better than them. You know, he's more right. cultured, he's more wise mm-hmm. than them, and he's going to, you know, and when Ty talks about like where they live, it's like, oh, you know where? I don't remember it exactly. It's like you, you know where Abilene is. It's like oh, it's like three hours from Austin. Like we're about five hours from <laughs> from Abilene. Yeah, Abilene so they is live three in, hours like, the from middle Dallas. Of fucking nowhere. This is this is where was that? Is that I love that? Where is 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 that near uh, Austin? It's like. No, it's like, it's, it says, is that Dallas? Dallas, Dallas isn't Texas. Dallas ain't Texas. 
<laughs> but he's going to this like little podunk town in the middle of nowhere in Texas thinking that he's better than these people. And what I love about this is that Ty especially, but nobody that he meets is is who they who he initially thinks that they exactly. are, who they're going to be. And um Abby's mom even makes that exact point to him um at the end, like when he's finally like you know, coming to some realizations about himself and people are are never who you think they are on the surface and there are a lot more self-aware than most people you know think yeah. that they are too and that's the people that want to judge them that aren't as self-aware yeah. i think as well, well i mean that I whole i mean we'll get to it but that whole scene in the parking lot of whataburger yeah is, oh god oh, yeah we'll get there yeah, we're, we're gonna have to that scene i think we're gonna have to break down a bit because there's a lot going on here okay so just the idea where he gets the podcast you know abilene was murdered uh is what tyler believes because uh and <laughs> we we're why don't you go to the police we don't have the police we have mike and dan <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's like we don't call nine <laughs> we don't call 911 in texas um not even for a fire okay for a fire for a fire <laughs> yeah i think that's pretty funny there's lots of good stuff like that yeah i mean frankly just it was watch, hard. You like should we just both watch said it was hard not to yeah. write down every line yeah. yeah you gotta watch the movie yeah. and this is stuff is brilliant yeah there, it really is and you know i mean this whole this is where the, the again we start out with this abby she never took so much as an advil in her life there's no way she mm-hmm. would have od'd on oxy so this is somebody must have killed her somebody must we have killed f- her we gotta find out who it was yes yeah, and that's his idea for the podcast and that's his idea well and the thing is it comes down to, and and his whole idea is you know we this is all about you know our perceptions it's all about how we turn we can't believe certain things so we turn them into conspiracy theories and i i think there's not that's, I wrote this down too. Yeah, it's not. That's not entirely untrue either. Uh, you know, but yeah. I don't think it's the whole story here with these people. And I think that's part of what the movie is unpacking as it goes along. Go ahead. Yeah, because yeah. Well, just uh, the part of that that I think is important is yeah. He's like, this is this is in cold blood, but there are no killers. This is about a new American reality that people can't accept. So instead, they invent these myths and conspiracies so they can cast themselves as heroes, right? Because the truth is too hard to accept. Yeah. And what do you call this? What dead, do you, white what you, dead white girl. <laughs> That's right. The holy bra- the holy grail of podcasts, <laughs> which is like so on the nose, and. <laughs> So true. Well, and it's what a lot of, honestly, it's what a lot of podcasts mm-hmm. talk about yep. and try to, the ones, like the good ones, the good true crime podcasts that you listen to, like they do try to highlight those kind of stories that don't get talked about a lot. Because again, this is going back to like the true crime discussion that we had before. Yeah. Those stories obviously need to be told too. Yep. I like what this movie says about uh, that true crime stuff too yeah it goes goes in a lot of different directions Uh, Uh, but the way that it starts out with with that i think it was just like so perfect and for me that mentality goes all the way back to our discussion on nightcrawler with you know keep the where she says you know suburban white affluent neighborhoods crime entering the suburbs this is the narrative we're creating and i think that (laughs) <laughs> that's urban crime uh, coming into the suburbs is yeah i mean that, like that this whole whole this is the thing that gets people to listen and to watch it's mm-hmm. it, it, it's just, it's that societal trend 
there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot that it says about us as a people, <laughs> you know, that this is the sure. case, you know. Um, then her line, get the story, say safe. And she, he says, not in that order. And she says, in that order. So, no, in that order. Yeah, in that <laughs> she's order. So funny. I, I, I love her. She's so, she's so good. In, I mean, everyone in this is really good. So she has a moment with herself later on that I love too. Yeah. So, like, even characters like her don't get left behind in the story, which not I always like to see, yeah. you know? Even though she's thousands of miles away in New York City. Right, uh, making this happen behind the scenes, it's uh, come back to her often, and I think that is really interesting. The way that she continually plays into it, uh, in in mm-hmm. a really in a really great way, because this is going to be. Uh, they show her walking into the office where like all of these people are recording something at the same yeah. time. So it's obviously like, is there like podcast? studios or something <laughs> in places like New York. Our little our little like, indie uh production <laughs> here doesn't get any of that cool stuff. So No. Yeah. But the thing about that is that it's obviously going after stuff like the even the way that what what little snippets of what you hear like been recording sounds very much like like this American life. Yeah. Which I've only listened to like one because there was like a, a story that I, I wanted to hear. I listened to like one episode of that or one like series uh, a story of that. I don't particularly care for that style of podcast, but it's obviously really popular and it's got a lot of listeners and that's only thing like on on ben's mind you know when he's yeah. at first when he's thinking about this like this could if she accepts this pitch and he gets to to make this mm-hmm. podcast it's going to put him in the big time and he's going to get his voice out there well i mean she says you've got the blue check mark you write for the new yorker what else do you want <laughs> you know that the blue check mark doesn't mean now what it meant in uh, <laughs> it's it's right. it's just fascinating how much has changed in the past year uh year. since right. since uh, the blue check mark had meaning to now um in fact it was just announced that the legacy check marks are going to be going away so you only are going to have a blue oh, check mark gosh. if you pay for it now which i've surprised at some of the people that i see have blue check marks right now it's like really you paid for twitter okay if you care if you if you care about it that much then good for you but uh yeah (laughs) um it's a very strange world we live in um but yeah no offense if you're a paid twitter subscriber i just (laughs) i'm not gonna go there uh personally so i just don't that's not for me no it's not for me uh i know that there are certain benefits to it uh, to paying for the Twitter blue. So, um, so have at it, <clears throat> but, <laughs> and meeting her family. I love them so much. This is Paris. This is Kansas city and El Stupido. <laughs> it's okay. He doesn't speak Spanish. He don't speak Spanish. And the thing is, you don't even find out the kid's name. I was like, what is this kid's name? And then they finally say it at the end of the movie. And, you know, right. what is real name. over. Yeah. They, it's like, and, and I love how Ty's response is, who? Who the fuck is Mason? <laughs> Your brother. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. But what is something that they say that I didn't actually catch on to? I think the first time I watched this is when um, he's being introduced to the sisters. Like, this is uh, Paris. She's going to be a famous filmmaker. Yeah. And this is Kansas City. She's going to be a famous. What? It's like uh, she's famous a celebrity. It's like that's not a values. <laughs> you got to be a famous something. Their values are to be a famous something. 
and it's just like I, I just wonder where that came from because that doesn't really seem like that's no. what their family values are and no. i don't really get that now or well one of the things that is funny is her response is i'm going to be a famous celebrity which celebrity yeah sounds ludicrous and but there but that again, kind of is an, an actual thing now <laughs> yeah exactly an yeah. influencer uh, to be a famous celebrity is actually a thing now. Again, it's funny, but it also has a depth to it that's surprising if you really let yourself think about yeah. some of these things. One of the things I love is when she's talking about, let me tell you the story of Texas. <laughs> it's like, and it's like and they went and the to, Texans won. No. What are you talking about? They all died. Did math? Was a, did they teach you math? It's more. 7,000 to 186. It's more, Ben. It was a massacre. It was a massacre. It was a massacre. <laughs> but I, 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 love, I love the part where he's, where he's talking about, it's nice here, too. It's like, what are you talking about? You're from New York. Why would you want to be here? It's just, all right. Well, I guess maybe it is a little. It's like, what are you saying? Hey, that's my hometown. It's like, it's like I don't know what to say. But, Do you know how fucking good our football team is? Yeah, exactly. Well, Ty's line here is, again, this is where that real depth yep. is, where he says, let me put it this way. This is the most, I'm going to screw it up a little bit, I'm sure, but it's close to I wrote this. it down. <laughs> like, this is the most wretched, God-forsaken stretch of land on earth, and I'll never leave it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, that's how I feel about Twitter. Um, <laughs> that's just a terrific exchange. Which I knew, like, you would latch on to that yeah. immediately. That's, this is, I think that was that line where I was like, Brian's going to love this movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to see this. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's one of the big things that I remembered, and oh god, it's it's so true. But what I love about their their fa- again, just the family in this scene too. They're not they're being who the 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 stereotype, but also not at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Which I kind of like, you know. I, I like the way that that's played because they they're not like ignorant hicks who don't know anything mm-hmm. about podcast or new york city or you know they know exactly what he's talking about you he know tries they don't, to they don't treat him like it and they talk about we're not idiots yeah yeah exactly yeah. which i i love the way that that was handled because you don't see that because you you would expect it to be like well, what's a podcast i ain't never listened to a podcast before you know right you would expect that kind of stereotype to be, and it's not at all like no. they they know what's up that they're not stupid <laughs> well and i love when he describes what he's going to do with the podcast because you know i said this a little bit earlier but he says i will find this person or generalized societal force (laughs) and i will define it i will define it and the response is bless your heart bless your heart which later we find out is texas for fuck you well, that's a Southern thing. Yeah. It doesn't mean, it doesn't really mean bless your heart. Yeah, it means. Yeah, aw. I know. But they're already <laughs> on to him. And the thing is, I think that's really funny um, because he doesn't, he thinks that's what she actually means at that point. You know, well, good on you. Go for it. But already they're saying, oh, this guy, he thinks he's something. Um I think what's great about this movie too is that the the main character doesn't just learn stuff about uh, society or like anything. All that, all that, those big ideas is, is what he kind of learns too. But he's also slowly learning about himself as the movie goes on too. Oh yeah, and I like the way that that's portrayed. Like because he's he stays in in Abby's old room, 
you know, when he's staying with her family at their house and just like even that first night when he's just, you know, looking at all of the stuff and all of her pictures. Yeah. It's just really he's starting to realize what a jerk he is. Yeah. And what a jerk he was to this person. Because mm-hmm. there's a real human being behind all of this. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's it's kind of brought up against him later because he's just yeah. looking at the relics of this person sort of the pieces that are left behind the images the videos just these small little snippets yeah, yeah. reading their old texts mm-hmm. and um seeing how he where he didn't listen to a song that she sang right. that she sent him and yeah you can just see like a little piece of him starting to be chipped away yeah which he needs to happen <laughs> you know yeah um, what happens with his character, though? Oh, just it, again, just like, this movie, like not at all doing what I was expecting it to. Because it, uh, but it's so good and so profound. Yeah. But the the ending, I mean. So sorry, let's get ahead. No. Anyway, no, we can we can we don't have to. That's the thing. I'm. I'm I know. I always get self conscious about it. It's like I kind of don't want to go plot point by plot point, but sometimes I think t- talking about the movie, I think. Uh, in more depth, it's kind of helpful to have a little bit of a roadmap like that. And yeah. I think the movie, the way this one unfolds, and I hope you've, hope everyone who's listening just goes and watches it before listening to us talk about it. Um, it is on we Amazon Prime. It. Yeah, just so you know. it is. Yeah. It is on yeah. Amazon Prime, and and uh, is if you have Amazon Prime, is available for free. So it's one of the free ones yeah. you don't have to rent. Both of these movies are pretty easy to find, which is great. Um, yeah, but. I think when he's the, the, the beginning of the interviews, you know, they're starting out in the middle because that is that spot supposed to be where she died or is that a different spot where he hears about Sancholo for the first time and he's, he's interviewing Ty that's and his where, friend shows up. That's where the that's where the party was yeah, that she was yeah. at the night yeah. she died. Yeah. And she was taken somewhere else. Yeah. To the after party, quote unquote. Yeah. Now, one of the things that sort of – so he gets her phone out of the evidence bag. So they just gave him the her phone? Well, I mean, it was given to the family. It was given to the family. Okay, and, okay. Fair, and fair they, they put it in her room yeah. and she saw it. Yeah, okay, <laughs> saw okay. It. So. That's, that, that's, that, was, that was one of the things I was like, did they still need that as evidence or did they just consider the case closed at this point? Well, as we can see from Mike and Dan, yeah, they did they consider, the, consider case the case closed. They did consider the case closed. That's it, true. It was just an overdose and – yeah. Nothing more to look into. Well, I think this this little scene here, you know, sort of sets up that some of the things about, you know, I find conspiracy theories fascinating. I don't believe sure. any of them, <laughs> but I find them interesting to hear. So just hearing all of their thoughts about, you know, what this is all about, you know, the way, he, and even the way he holds up his hand. So it looks like a gun and it also looks like the state of Texas. That's a real moment frankly because it's just sort of like this idea of, to Texas. of violence and and mm-hmm. related to this i don't know i i was sort of struck by that there's a couple of lines in here that i also think are kind of small that seem like they're just for funsies but they're also kind of brilliant at the same time well one was um what is that other guy's name that they're talking to oh gosh the, i can't remember in the field I don't know why I didn't write that down. I don't remember what his name was. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> when he asked uh, Ben, you ever been in a fight? Like a physical fight or like an online skirmish? <laughs> right. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> yeah. Crawl, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. Oh, like from Son-in-Law? Weird. Okay. Um, 
but my <laughs> one that I sorry, that's really one that that's I, funny. <laughs> <laughs> one that I really latched onto this time that it's actually again, it's like it's actually kind of true. Is when he's he's like, I don't, he's never understood the phrase, like I never heard a fly. <laughs> yeah, I love that conversations. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd kill a fly. What kind of sick fuck would ever hurt a fly? Make it feel pain? Yeah. And I was like, I'd never thought of it like that yeah. before, but that's actually true. <laughs> and the thing is, they kind of bring back some of those cliches around throughout uh-huh. the movie because, like, No Regrets, for example. Yes. Is how the movie ends, which obviously made me think of mm-hmm. Magnolia. But, Absolutely. you know, um, so. <laughs> I think that interesting of, of, you know, these cliches that we, quote unquote, smart people take for granted. Um, Don't are, actually think about them. Exactly. They're all turned on their head. And it's like, actually pick those apart uh-huh. and think about what they actually mean. because And that's what these people are doing. And it goes into the... That's not what, that's not what Ben is doing. Yeah. So. And that's not what Ben is doing. And it goes into what, when we meet Quentin Sellers some of the things that he said, these people are smart. That's the problem. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's some of the stuff that's, that I really like. And again, you know, even in their conversation about what a burger for goodness sake, that is in the next scene. I know. <laughs> so it's always that's there. Like one of my it's scenes. right there. It's like, <laughs> but they're all right there, but it's there. <laughs> Okay, um, we'll say like you're on a road and there's like, what does he say? Like there's a Burger King, King McDonald's, McDonald's and a Sonic, which I love yeah, because Sonic is my favorite. Sonic and Whataburger is all there. Which <laughs> one are you going to pick? Whataburger. Whataburger. Why? Because it's right there. Because it's they there. <laughs> but they're all right there in this but, scenario. It's like, but it's it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and then the line that we've already said. Yeah, that I, It's just what I love, love is. Yeah. Could point to the reasons, but the reasons aren't the point. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, that's uh, I I love that. But is this also, um, I don't know, it might be uh, kind of interspersed or later on. I don't remember. But just like the way that the family kind of slowly reveals things about themselves. Yeah. Like, again, that proves that they're way smarter mm-hmm. than they let on. Um, ben is talking to Paris about... Chekhov's gun. Right. You know, and the explaining the Anton Chekhov theory. Right. <laughs> and she's like, well, I can't think of a single one of his plays that, that has a gun. And she like literally names off some of plays that yes. he obviously has never heard of yeah. and never read. Uh, moments like that is what really uh, sets this movie apart. Yeah, I agree. And um, especially the when he goes, yeah, to the Quentin Sellers Quentin music Sellers factory. Quentin Sellers to the factory. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, Ashton Kutcher is always tends to play sort of the lovable goofball kind of character, mm-hmm. and he's so not that here. He's got a totally different vibe. He's a deep thinker. He's very calm. He comes in. He's got that. I love it. I love the way they dress him too. I mean, he's he's got you know the the blazer with the flowers embroidered on it, and he's got the cowboy hat and the and it, it looks so natural on him. I, and to me, I, I, he just looks it's so kind of garish and out there, yeah, but it works. It on works him on somehow, him so, so well, and he and the way he's talking about, uh, he's trying to pull a performance out of this girl who's singing, and this mm-hmm. is the kinds of things you hope for as a teacher to be able to say, you know. <laughs> but I never will. Um, but he says, 
Well, he has a script, so don't he, feel too bad. He, he does. Himself. He does have a script, <laughs> but he's and it's obviously something he's said many times before and thought about a lot right. many times before. But he says, no matter what you think about the beginning of the universe, everybody agrees it started with a sound, and that sound was the beginning of the record of the universe. That word "record," I think, is again multiple meanings to the word. Mm-hmm. And he says, and you, what you, your life is a single scratch on that record. You know, essentially sing this song like this is your one chance to make your mark on the universe. And she sings it, you know, with such intensity after that. It's it's really pretty cool. I mean, it's 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 mm-hmm. unpolished and it's I mean, it's it's not it's raw. It's raw. It's that's the got word for real motion behind. Yeah, it. but it but it's that, and that's what makes it so much better. And so when mm-hmm. he's talking about things like, what kind of music do you like? When he asks Ben, what kind of music do you like? And he says, let me guess, you're a playlist guy. And this to me is like the definition of social media. It, it, one of them, at least. There are like three that he gives. <laughs> I know, right? This one I love, though, because he relates it to music. And he, But this is, this is Twitter. This is anything else as well. When he talks about, okay, he says, so you put in, a, so a, a computer picks what it thinks you're, a bunch of songs for you based on things that you like. And pretty soon, you're just hearing your own voice being played back at you. And how is that not Twitter? Because you curate your mm-hmm. friends who believe exactly the same things that you believe, you know, and you hear an echo, create an cha- echo chamber. You create an echo chamber with yourself. And so you're only ever hearing your voice. You're never hearing any dissenting view. You're never hearing. And if you do hear a dissenting view, you block it. You block them. Or you get mad at it or whatever. And the question that he asks then, and this is how we consume art too, I think. And I think that's one of the things that I find as a, you know, a musician interesting is, is, well, how do you ever fall in love then? And he's talking about music in this case. He says, because, you know, before the days of playlists, before Spotify or iTunes even, where you pick and choose which pieces you want to take of an album, Right. You got a record and you got the whole thing, you know, or a tape or a CD. You got that. And record especially because like CDs, you could skip tracks. You couldn't yeah. skip tracks on records, right? That that thing played through. It was a pain in the ass. So you might as well just listen to the whole thing, right? And so you listen to the whole thing and you might fall in love with some deep cut on there that's never going to make it onto a radio play. You know, that... I think is a really, really interesting. Um, I I don't know. I, there's something about the way he talks about that, just sort of really struck me. Maybe it's the musician mm-hmm. of me, but it was just like wow. I mean, and again, taking us back to what we were saying with Ingrid Goes West. You know, after that, he talks about you know how many people post quotes from books they've never read or pictures from movies they've never seen it's just like archaeology Uh, only the fragments remain and we are Mm -hmm. experiencing that right now in real time i mean this is i I, you practically just want to take take the the whole scene and just drop it into here and because everything he says every word he says is 
incredibly profound. Uh-huh. And I like what he says about the people yeah. there. Mm-hmm. That they're a bunch of big creative lights with nowhere to plug in their energy. Exactly. That's the problem. And it, this is when he says, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're smart. That's the problem. Exactly. They put their, so their energy goes into instead, goes into conspiracy theories, those, goes into violence and, and drugs. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that could also kind of be applied to social media, too. That's why some people are drawn to it and why they stick with it and stay there, because it is a place to plug in yep. that energy. Yeah. It is a place to let that stuff out yep. when you have nobody else around you. Yeah. I, that's absolutely what I've used it for. Yeah. When I have had no one to talk to, that's where it goes. <laughs> it goes out into the void, you know, hoping somebody will yeah. re- respond back. I mean, hell, I did that this week. I, I just sort yeah. of had a, I had a scream into the void moment, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and that plenty of times, yeah. And, and, I, and I got... I got a fair amount of responses and I'm really grateful for them because I was having a really tough time. You know, my, my son has been constantly sick this year and we're just kind of at a loss as to why. And that's just one of the things that's going on. Um, you know, I've, I've been pretty open with you about that, but I've, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave these things to, some yeah. some things you know are, are I'll, I'll keep I'll keep uh, in there a smaller are certain circle. Parts of your life you yeah. want to keep private. Private, yes. yeah. Um, so it's just a you know these challenges you know. So I understand that urge deeply. Mm-hmm. And another thing is that sort of the running thread through here is Ben trying to find his voice. And what he says here is great about that. It's like, we don't write anything. You know, nobody tra- writes anything. Yeah. All we do is translate. We translate. Uh, and basically it says, you know, just listen to what you hear. The translation of what you hear is your voice. I think that as a writer, I mean, that is, <laughs> I know. that's a pretty deep thing because I, yeah. I've really, I'm, I've really struggled with what am I going to say that's any different from anybody else? I mean, I have that every time we sit down to record this. What am I going to say about this movie that no one else has said a hundred times before? And the difference is our experiences and the way that our voice, the way we express our voice or the way we relate to something through our own individual Mm -hmm. lenses. Yeah. That's our voice. Yeah, exactly. I like when he goes to the rodeo. Yeah, the rodeo is is one of those funny scenes. I I think this is... But this is also where he finds out what bless your heart means. Because <laughs> he, he finally watches the song that Abby sent. Uh-huh. He watches that on the computer. And I think that's a really kind of sweet scene. But it's also, um, again, it plays into what Quentin tells him later when he says, you didn't fall in love with her. You fell in love with the, the record of her. <laughs> that, I mean... The fact that Quentin turns out to be who he turns out to be is one of the most challenging things for me with this movie because because (laughs) I want to like him so much. And then when he turns out to be who he turns out to be, it's just like... He's still not wrong, though. (laughs) Exactly. I know. That's the thing. I don't think there's a lie that drops out of his mouth in the course of this film. And that's another thing that's really kind of heavy about that is he's not wrong about really anything. That he says. Yep. <laughs> and what he but, says about Abby at the end too. Ugh. But <laughs> that's at the me. end. So we're going to. Yeah. Sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry. 
Yeah. I well, love that all the sponsors at the rodeo are energy companies. That's just such a good, that's such a good joke. It's all the sponsors. <laughs> can I back up slightly before that though? I love when, when, um, quote unquote, El Stupido comes in and says, S, can you help me unjam my gun? Um, <laughs> And obviously, he he knows how to unjam his gun. He doesn't need Ben's yeah. help. He just wants to sleep on his floor. I know. Which is it's so sweet. sweet. That's the beginning of sort of, again, it's these threads. He manages to take all these threads from different places and just weave them into this thing. And then they are just kind of pulled tight at the end. And it's mm-hmm. really smart the way it's done. This is a better written movie than anything, I think. Uh, and it's oh, yeah. it's well directed and well acted too, but uh, as but its writing is I think just kind of another level. Uh, it's really really well written. I can't remember the last time I I watched a movie that like this where like practically every line had me going, "Wow, okay." Um, yeah, but it's <laughs> and, not like, thinking. <laughs> but it's not in a way that's that's like, oh, look how smart I am. No. Uh, it doesn't come across that way at all. He knows how to present all he has, there's so many ideas and so many uh, I don't know just deep thoughts that he conveys here but he does it in a way that is very relatable like he's got that that ability to make it where meh I don't even know how to say it like you can it makes you think, but he you might be surprised like you weren't expecting to think by certain lines. Like the fly line. Like I never yeah, would have yeah, yeah. expected <laughs> that well, to and make the thing me is, pause and think for a minute, you know? And the thing is, you can just watch it as a uh, pure entertainment to it, I think. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put huge amounts of thought into it either. I think you are um, sort of rewarded for your investment in it that way. Absolutely. If you, if you do, but... Um, I don't think you have to. I think you can just watch it as, which is one of the things I like about movies like Wes Craven movies. You know, you don't have to read Nightmare on Elm Street the way we do and and enjoy that movie. <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, because I mean, I enjoyed that movie for years before I read it the way I started reading it. So, and I I think I like it more now than I ever have, but that's that's just an example. There are a lot of it's great watching like something. That. With your own experience, with your own voice. Yeah, exactly. Is saying, I don't yeah. know that I, if I wasn't in the point in my life that I am now, I don't know that I would have been as affected by this movie. You know, I think I would have laughed at a lot of it, like, haha, social media sucks and yeah. things. But I also, you know, I just think it, it it's had a lot more meaning in this time that I can't even really talk right yeah you go on <laughs> yeah there's also i, I want to th- there are just a couple of n- things that struck me here too eloise has a line when they're on the phone together that i think is really really profound she says i, I love the characters i mean their family's yes. like my family and can you th- and and you look at the surface of this and you go white sort of low lowish class um, family in Texas, you know, Manhattan, upper crust, single black woman. What do these people have in common? And it's like, you would think nothing, but the fact that she, their family's like my family is like, we're not as different as we tend to make ourselves out to be, yeah. I think, is the point of that. And I, again, like you're saying, that line could just be thrown away. 
But when you really break it down, there's a lot in that statement. Well, and the fact that she that they are constantly referred to as characters they by are. people by other people uh-huh. in this movie, and because I think that ties into the the true crime thing and the the problem that people have with the true crime stuff is that they're not the real people anymore. They're characters in their story characters to, to be told a gross story you know to uh, yeah. be and but what, what quentin says about abilene at the end is what kind of got and i love the way that it ends with him you know spoiler alert like deleting everything that he's already recorded from the podcast because um abilene uh he says quentin does is like the per- Abilene the person doesn't matter just the record of her again going back to yeah. that record thing mm-hmm. and I mean it's the same thing with the family like these aren't real Th- the reason that Eloise is able to relate to them is because they're being real but they're also not real to her because they're within the context the, within the confines of this story that's being told that mm-hmm. it's a weird level where it's real but it doesn't feel real at the same time you can still separate yourself from it because it's just a story that's being told Right. I don't know. It's <laughs> and Abilene, the person, the victim in this doesn't matter because she's not there to give her own story. Right. And she, he's trying to tell her story. But, you know, at the end, it's like it's it, that's just for us. It's, that's how I like I love how it ends and like what that says about true crime stuff. Because, again, that's I'm still again, still struggling with all of that, too. And like what how I feel about it and how I feel about the fact that I consume it and if I'm doing it in a responsible way and that's, mm-hmm. I, that's just what I want to be doing. And I, I think I do. I hope I do. <laughs> no, I get it. I get I it. I do care. And it's, it's hard to be interested in this stuff and you got, you just have to have respect for who it's about and, and know that they're yeah. real people that this really happened and that there, there's more than just the salacious details, you know? Exactly. Yeah, and I I think that's been the biggest criticism of, you know, like like the Dahmer series was they mm-hmm. were treated as characters, not as people, and the family did not want this dredged up again, but they did it anyway. And I think mm-hmm. that was a lot of where the controversy came from with something like that. It, it's but it's it's a very difficult thing to yeah. grapple with <laughs> as a it is as a society. Sorry, I didn't mean general, to go all the way to the end. No. No, that's okay. That's okay. Well, I mean, we were talking about the rodeo. I think some of it's pretty funny. Um the the six flags of Texas. Deep fried twinkies are fucking really delicious, funny. by the way. Deep fried <laughs> Twinkies? <laughs> I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. Deep fried Twinkies are fucking delicious. Also deep fried Oreos. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I've had deep fried Oreo, I think. Now that I think They're of it. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. Um but I, I think the Six Flags thing. So, yeah, the, six Flags is a Texas company. One, no one remembers all. No one remembers all six, and one of them is the Confederacy. When the last <laughs> so flag comes in, it's the Confederate flag. Oh man! He just goes, oh, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that he, the fact, the, the fact that he cheers for the wrong university. is just one of these funny things, and again, it's brought through later because. Mm-hmm. His, when his car blows up, he thinks it's because of something having to do with the podcast, but it had to do with this fact that he accidentally right. cheered for the University of Texas instead of Texas Tech. This was a sports thing? You know, yeah. it's just, the, yeah, I mean, this, oh, this hilarious. they blew up his car for something so monumentally stupid. 
Well, it's like, I'm a writer. Well, what do you ride? Like horses, tractors? No, I'm a writer. It's like, and then he explains her writer. So, I know what a writer is, you dumb shit. <laughs> yeah. Or you condescending asshole, I think is what he says. I think Again, it's pretty funny. bringing up all that stuff. Nobody is who they seem. Exactly. And which, I, is even, which is even more... Um, brought up when he meets Sancholo. I love that scene with yes. Sancholo. Oh my god. <laughs> I also like the little shout out to Richard Linklater in there. So you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was I nice think, to hear. I think what is it? The University of Texas is I, I like that it's I think it's known for I think it's, Richard Linklater went there. <laughs> yeah. And they kinda go, Yeah. And there's sort of this tap and applause. They said and then he says, Well what about you? What about Texas Tech? And they say the name of the quarterback and everybody cheers. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is pretty funny too. Because you know, football is kind of religion in small Texas town. Right. Sure. Uh, um, the Sancholo scene, I think, though, is really, really great. It's so good. Um, so Sancholo is supposed to be like this uh, drug dealer uh-huh. that they think is probably, possibly, not probably, possibly responsible for uh, Eveline's death. And he sees him in a bar, and Ben goes up and wants to have a word with him again. Him and his guys are not at all. No. They're not at all this stereotype. And it's so, it's especially beautiful. It's very refreshing. And, yeah. Yeah. When he wants to just, Santolo just wants to talk to Ben and he uh, takes him into like a dark, dank room with just, yeah. like, it's like a barn or something. Yeah. <laughs> Where you think he's going to get like tortured and killed, but instead Sancholo tells this really beautiful story about him and Aveline. Yeah. That, ah, he wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter when he was a kid because of like religious Church stuff. I think stuff he yeah, says. Which is so stupid. And Aveline used to call and would read him Harry Potter yeah. <laughs> over the phone. And he really cared for her and just yeah. oh the acting by this guy is so good in this scene too well he talks about you know he went he, and saw adele with his niece at her yeah, I know. And, and it was like I, you know i'm gonna you, have to kill you yeah you can't tell, <laughs> tell anybody, anybody about, about that uh, yeah <laughs> but he also says the line you know the girl wouldn't even touch an advil and and also the whole thing it has to the if the cartels find out that i didn't kill a person that i was supposed that when I when they think that people think that I do, they'll kill me. And he goes, and Ben says, I don't think that's true. Have you ever looked at Snopes? And he's like, what is Snopes? And I think that's. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, because they just assume it to be true, right? Um, I mean, yeah. this guy's in, is like connected to the cartel. I mean, you think he right. would know. Ben uh, thinks he knows more because exactly. he read it on the internet and, yeah. rather than this guy who is actually in it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Other than when, like, he he goes out and, like, one of uh, Sancholo's, like, henchmen, I don't know what to call him or whatever, gives Ben his phone back. He's like, you're at 11%, bro. You might want to put it on low power mode. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So good. He's got this facial tattoo over half. Yeah, I know. It's so good. I, I love how it just, it goes out of its way to sort of undermine the stereotypes. I love uh, it. I know. Yeah, but it does it in a it's really so smart way. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the whole idea of the after party, that line, you know, everybody goes, nobody went, I, I think is a good line too. Um, but then, you know, the call again with Eloise where she says this time, he, he says he's going to, this is what I'm doing now. This is the story has changed. This is what it is. And she says to him, okay, stay safe, get the story. And 
And he says, not in that order. And she says, no, in that order. Because she has developed this care for him, even though most of what it's been has been her just hearing the story. There's only been so much communication they've had directly, but this story is affecting her uh, as well. I think that's, um, it's just sort of a nice little moment. Also, Frito pie. Frito pie. Try that. Frito pie. There's one that's in uh, Apollo Ten and a Half too. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So, which I I love that. And then when his car explodes, which again, yeah, because it's a Prius, it makes like a funny sound when it like quote unquote explodes. It's not like a big fireball, like if it was. Yeah. Ty says, like, imagine if it was a real car with like gas and stuff. Yeah. Well, but the fact that that he's so shocked that they're all there at the hospital yeah, for him. Yeah. And they're just like, well, yeah, where else would we be? <laughs> well, even before that, um, they have all the... There's a few things that happened before that. Um, Sorry. Like where he's talking about... He goes to the police and he tries to get the story oh, from the I police. Oh, I skipped the whole part. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we find out, you know, like how they're squaring off the oxy so it'll fit in the boxes, um, which is sort of this little detail um, that is important that comes up later. It is. Um, when, you, yeah, they go back, when you go back to um, Quentin's tent, he's got boxes of oxy that have been squared off. So he's getting them from the cartels. Well, sure. Oh, yeah. So anyway, it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's a little thing, but basically we find out that this, yeah, th- where she died, the after party um, was, in the middle of these competing jurisdictions yeah, where no, where they all just sort of pawn things off to the other. So that's highway patrol. That's, that's border, border patrol. patrol. That's, yeah. you know, this or that. And there's also a really nice scene where we find out why Mason sleeps on the floor. Cause he's afraid of ghosts. Cause he's afraid of Aww. ghosts. Um, and there's also that line about the collective, he calls it the collective conscience. <laughs> you know, why we all, sort of why they all know the same dance moves while they why they all kind of come to similar conclusions about things i think is uh i i think that's a fascinating element of this as well and it's not just limited to this town it's limited to i mean it's everywhere Uh, we have sort of this collective unconscious as a you know, Western society has one. I think uh, various other cultures have their own sort of collective unconscious. Uh, that's uh, something I'm sort of dabbling in for an article I'm writing. You know, why um, particular stories affect us um, because certain symbols recur and we know what they mean instinctively. Mm-hmm. And I think that is true here. But, um, the the Prius exploding is the next thing I have write, written down. But um, what if you're driving a real car, you know, with gas and stuff? Um, uh, is this the this is where the Whataburger? Yeah, they take him to Whataburger, which is like a big deal. This is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Your first time at Whataburger is pretty funny. It's like in the line, you know, people can surprise you, and mm-hmm. and and she and the grandma says, yeah, like Abilene. You know, nice girl, but huge pill popper. Bombshell. Nowhere. (laughs) Yeah. So. I did not expect that at all. No. 
No, you kind of expect, it's like, because they had this whole thing where the grandma asks, you know, you have family in Texas? And she, and he says, no, ma'am. He says, well, you do now. And it's just now. like this little, this nice little heartwarming moment. And then it just totally gets the rug well, yeah, pulled out from under. Yeah, even, even he says that, you know, when I came down here to go to this funeral and, and met you guys, I did not expect it to be like this. I see saying but not really saying that yeah I definitely had preconceived notions about the kind of people that mm-hmm. you were going to be and you completely shocked me by not being that at all like, yeah nobody is who they seem yeah exactly well I mean which leads to this parking lot scene so they all knew apparently that Aveline was actually a drug user yep I think I think her mom knew too yep she was she was the one who probably wanted to think not the most though yeah uh whereas but ty definitely knew and mm-hmm. you know told the sisters not to say anything yeah. while ben was there granny apparently did not get the message and just says whatever she wants <laughs> which yeah. i love her <laughs> yeah the grandmother's she's so funny i mean everything that she so has oh. yeah everyone is really yeah everyone but boy this this scene where he just kind of goes off yeah they both they all go off on each other yeah and they're all right Again, they're all right. I think I think it's funny where it says, "Hey, y'all, that is cultural appropriation." No, <laughs> no, 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 no. It starts out. He says, "You people, you people." So something with you people. You people is a microaggression. Yeah. All like, right. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> y'all is cultural appropriation. Paris, you saying that it's a cultural appropriation is a cultural appropriation. Is he puts an emphasis on. Paris, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, on her name, <laughs> right? It's so, so good, <laughs> yeah. But he, when he goes off and he talks about, you know, he's like, you come up with all these wild stories to make sense of why your lives are such a shit show. He's again, he's not entirely wrong. That's the thing. And then the retort, um, because well, he's saying like, it's not your either. fault. You did it to yourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that you know, tie punches him and stuff. There, now you've been in a fight. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot going on in that scene, and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm missing a lot of it. I know too. Um, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, did you have any? I don't actually have any more notes I, on that scene. I thought I did, but I guess I didn't. I thought I did. Okay, so well, I kind of get what he's saying too, when he's saying that like you, you did it to yourselves, and I guess kind of going off of the fact that they that they live in this small town and they won't leave. They mm-hmm. say that they won't leave. They're just gonna live in this little bubble or whatever. But there's and it kind of it's kind of a the whole thing is kind of cyclical to me because okay, Ben is like claiming that he lives in the real world, you know, right. and they're not mm-hmm. when it's completely the opposite. Really, when yeah. You think about it, like he—they're more real than than he is. They're at least more self-aware than he is. But then also at the same time, he thinks he's found a real life and real family when he gets down here because they're being so real. But then also at the same time, they've also been lying the whole time because yeah. they knew that Abilene was really on drugs, so they're not yeah. being real. Yeah. So it, <laughs> it just all kind of is eating itself at the end here. And that whole section in here too, where. Ben asked, do you know what they say about you in New York? And he says, I bet they bad say bad things. things. And he says, no, worse. They say good things mm-hmm. to try and to, to mask the reality, <laughs> I think, as, as well. And so <laughs> it's just because they don't know, I think, as well. 
But then he also, some of the things he says about people in New York, they're rich is one of the things he, he mentions, <laughs> which is a weird <laughs> thing for him to mention. Yeah. Because he yells, and diverse and all those things. Because obviously there are rich and poor in both places. Um, so it, it's just, I don't know. I find that whole sequence is, in a way, it's kind of the key to the whole movie. Uh, it, it's it's just, it's just a lot, you know, how how much we miss each other, I think. We make assumptions about one another because obviously people in this town have assumptions about New Yorkers too. Uh, yeah. So we, we just assume, oh, you're all in New York, a bunch of rich leftist elitists, you know, and down here in this town, there are a bunch of gun nut, MAGA crazies or something yeah. like that, you know, whatever term you want to terms you want to use in those um, in there. And I, I think that the, the profundity again of that line, you know, their families like my family is maybe we're not as so very different from each other as we think we are. Um, yeah. You know, cause ultimately we want the same kinds of things for our families. We want, you know, health and we want uh, comfort and we want happiness and things like that, right? We all kind of want similar things. It's how do you go about getting them, I guess, as is different based on location and maybe political view or whatever. But ultimately, I think generally people want pretty similar things. But on social media, you can't, taking it back to social media, you know, you can't be that way. You all have to think the same way, mm -hmm. live the same kind of lives, or I'm going to make all these assumptions about you if you yeah. are on a different side than me. Yeah. You know, people get so stuck in their own, their own views that they won't genuinely listen to the other side about anything. Right. When I think they would, they would find people are a lot more like them than they would believe. Yeah. Which is one of the things this movie, I think, is saying, ultimately, is that just listen to each other, actually talk to each other, yeah. actually have a conversation. You might be surprised. You don't have to agree. No. That's not the point. The The point is that people are people. And I think people are mostly good and mostly want to do what's right. Uh, I don't think that's universally true, as we see with uh, Quentin, um, <laughs> you know, here at the end. But... Um, we are also have this nice little scene where he's talking about ghosts with Mason. Well, I like what he says when he's kind of recording the end of his podcast. He's yeah. kind of just talking about himself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I didn't get to write it all down because I was writing everything down at this point in the movie, but the one thing I did that I really liked was, you know, they say you regret the things you don't do. I didn't love. It was like, mm. Ugh. yeah. <laughs> That kind of that kind of hurts. Yeah, and this is where we also find out the you know what the whole numbers thing means. The he says you know I love you mucho. She changed it to one four three five because it's the number of letters that each, each word, word has, yeah. and it also turns out to be the password for her phone. Uh, so hey. finally get in there and figure out what's going on. She's able to he's able to track down because she replaced his contact name with quentin's number which yeah yeah dun, dun, dun. he doesn't know yeah. it's quentin he doesn't know it's quentin at this point 
He calls the number and he sees that his phone is not ringing. That's why her, her family thought that he was her boyfriend because she had this other... She was like, I'm just going to save your name as this random guy I hooked up with in, in New York. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, I have you saved as Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And yes, it does end up being Quentin. Yes. Uh, I, I love, you know, riding in the dune buggy <laughs> with Mason. <laughs> it's, it's just <laughs> one of those funny images. Yeah, I'm in an Uber. Oh, when he's talking to Eloise, this is the, the part that I like with her. When um, he's saying like... Uh, Okay, all that stuff that is because when he's unlocked the phone and everything, you know, he's he's figured out you know he he can find this person who's probably responsible for her death or at least giving her the drugs that killed her. And um, so he sent off that that what he said that last night, you know, thinking that was going to be the end of the podcast. And he goes and tells her, like, no, wait, I'm going to keep going. And but she's trying to convince him that that's the perfect way to end it like him being so self-reflective yeah. like it's so you it's it's everyone and i like this little moment she has where as she's saying stuff like that she looks at her own reflection in the computer screen yes because she's seeing mirror. it in herself too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. uh, i love this movie <laughs> yeah yeah um but i tell you what this because this is another one of those parties where everybody goes nobody went and quentin is there and, you know, they start talking about things like drug laws and the uh, the opioid ep- epidemic. And one of the things he says, a myth, you know, or a conspiracy theory or whatever, is just a truth without facts. <laughs> uh, which, and again, it, so much of what he has to say here is not wrong. It's just... Yep. It's just like the the he's able to use these this knowledge this insight into this to sort of do these kind of despicable things. This is where like not like we said before like some important parts uh, some important comments are made about social media like throughout the movie, but this is where like I think he really it's defined defines it and like really gets <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just love everything that he says here. Um, uh, talking about like people posting photos of every part of every bit of their day. Like we trade in our entire lives for the tiny pieces that get recorded of us. Yeah. And all that's left behind are the recordings. Yeah. Again, not actually living in the moment, only Mm -hmm. living for what we can post on social media and what people will think of us and give back to us in return. And he's, and he turns it back on and says, you didn't know Abby. You didn't know Abilene. All you did was you saw her pictures, you saw her videos, and you fell in love with the recording. You fell in love with the record. You didn't fall in love with a person. And he's not wrong, again. He's not wrong, because he didn't really know her. <laughs> exactly. And, and and he says... Even her family didn't really know her. Exactly. And there's that part where he, you know, he says, he admits this whole thing. He says, yeah, you know... People have these have an opioid overdose. We take them out there. Sometimes they disappear. They become another statistic. And he's like, and he says, I've been recording this the whole time. It's like, oh, okay, good. Um, so we're going to be on a panel with this together. So we let if you need me to re-record anything, we can do that. And he's kind of like, what? It's like he is completely what? unbothered by the fact that he just confessed. He confessed to tape. to a murder, and uh-huh. he says. Well, you know how this works. 
yeah, at first they're gonna they're gonna say bad things about me, and that's fine. But then people are gonna start coming up with things like, well, leaving someone to die isn't the same as killing them. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's gonna have a take. If you don't have a take, you don't have a voice. You don't have a voice, you don't exist. And then it's like, they'll take the other side. You know, some people will take one side and the others will take the other side just to take the other side. And in the end, nothing means anything. Again, you everything just wanna... means everything. So nothing means, means anything. anything. Yeah. And that is exactly what Twitter is. Twitter. That's absolutely. <laughs> that's what I was getting really sick of i'm sorry i love you guys but i was getting really sick of seeing that i had a rule for myself right the reason the way why i started like slowly backing off of twitter is like if i open twitter and i see the first time i see something that like pisses me off or makes me angry or makes me like roll my eyes i'm closing it for the rest of the day and that was happening happening within seconds yeah. you know <laughs> and it was well, stuff like this exactly well and for me it's like everybody is saying the same thing mm-hmm. about the same thing. So why do we have to say anything at all? Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I don't say anything most of the time. Uh-huh. Okay? Because it's already been said. So my voice is, if my voice is exactly the same as everybody else's, what's the point of saying anything? You've got to have I, take. And if I have the opposite take, I'm going to be taken down. You know? So, and sometimes it's over really, really inane things. We all know the Razzies are bad. We didn't need 27,000 people saying exactly the same thing about how the Razzies are bad. Why Every are we still doing the Razzies? Year. I know. And then, you know, sex scenes in movies. That was a fun conversation. Oh, that, I mean, that is like a thing that people are doing just for the engagement because they know it's going to cause that. But exactly. why are you still engaging with it if you know that that's what they're doing? Exactly. And and then and then you know it's like hey but we're not quote tweeting any, them anymore but you're taking a screenshot and you're showing the screenshot of the tweet and putting yeah. it in up there anyway so it's still spreading it around and it's obviously a bad take because it's a bad take not because and, and there's such thing okay this is something I learned a long time ago now opinions are opinions. And everyone is entitled to their opinion, but that doesn't mean that everyone's opinion is as good as everybody else's. It is possible to be wrong. And so, anyway. <laughs> About some things, sure. Yeah, yeah. There are, some, there are some opinions where there is no wrong answer, but there are some <laughs> opinions where there is definitely a wrong answer. You can be wrong about things, you know, it's okay. Um, And Harlan Ellison would say, you know, you're not entitled to your opinion. He would say, he would just flat out say, no, you're not entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to your informed opinion. Okay. Mr. Ellison had scathing things to say about television in the seventies. Were he still with us? I can't imagine what he'd be saying about Twitter. I, I think the screeds that he'd be going on if this was his heyday, He's passed away, of course, but it, it would be it would be what I would be so here for it is the thing, um, <laughs> because I think he would have some really profound things to say. Um, but anyway, some of the lines that are here, we are all just inspiration for the record of ourselves. I, I mean, whoa, that's that's a mind blower <laughs> to me. This idea that our record has more value than our person. 
mm-hmm. in in the current climate is frightening. And I think some people really truly believe that about themselves. So if I don't leave a record on social media, my life has no value. It's kind of like what Ingrid says mm-hmm. before she kills herself. If I don't have anything Nobody to share to it with, share, you don't exist. And I don't exist. And I said this about the true crime thing, but what he says about Abilene goes with that too, that you know, her as a person doesn't matter, just just the record. It it's the thing that people say about, you know, being able to hide behind a screen yep. uh, on Twitter or anywhere on mm-hmm. the internet. You know, you can, it's hard to see those words on the screen as coming from a real person. Yeah. It, that's something that you should remember, especially when you get into stupid little yep. Twitter skirmishes. And it's And then even now then even now, I mean, we're getting into this whole debate about things like AI being able to produce text and things like mm-hmm. that. That is in the style of whatever human. So you don't know necessarily that, I mean, it literally could be a bot. You know, mm-hmm. bot used to mean there's a person who's hired to tweet and so scandal or whatever. Now it means it really could literally be a robot. (laughs) Yeah. It really could be AI generated. And that is another just level of this that this movie doesn't even think to address. I mean, that's, that's just a whole other level of things to worry about. Um, So just the, the falsity that is the potential for it, at least that is Mm. there is, is frightening. I think in in some ways, I, I think the fact that he decides to just kill Quentin at the end is interesting. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. I was wondering I what you. <laughs> I I could not believe that. Um, and I'm still not really sure what I think about it. I know. Um, because ah. he, I think he knows the problem won't go away. I think it's more symbolic than it is like him killing a person. You know what I mean. I think it's him trying to solve the problem. Well, At least did... his this story, he mm-hmm. solved the problem. He also destroys the record of yeah. the story, which when I think is all of the really podcasts. because because yeah. it's like this: a person cannot equate to a few hours of of a podcast. That is mm-hmm. going to do the only thing it's going to do is bring me fame. It's not going to or notoriety of some sort. It's not going to help her. It's not going to help um, the other people that are tossed away uh, by people like Quentin Sellers. It's um, yeah, yeah it, it, it's just a, it's a real interesting kind of thing, you know. Instead of just defining the problem and everything, he actually does something about it. Is it the right thing? Is it vengeance? Is that what this is? Is it ultimately him um, avenging her? I don't think that's exactly what is happening. I don't think so. Yeah. Because if it it was really avenging, it it would have been Ty. Ty would have killed him if he found out that he, uh, well, maybe, I don't know. He's also a pillar of that community. He's a, he's he's <laughs> one of the reasons why that community exists and continues to Quentin? have any yeah, I think he's a he's an important part of that of why anybody is there. Cuz he's obviously got wealth. I mean, you look at where that the factory, there's that's yeah. bringing in economy to some extent at least. Well, and whoever he's got working for him on the drug trade. Exactly. <laughs> mhm. Uh, I don't know. Oh. 
it's, it's a lot to grapple with on the end. I don't I don't entirely know what to what to do with all that, to be honest. What I do know what to do with is the ending of the movie. I heard that was quite the party last night. I don't know, I wasn't there. Yeah. The, <laughs> the drive home with the mother. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do now? It's like, oh, I don't know, but no regrets. And she's like, I never understood that. Again, we're breaking down our cliches. Everything is regrets. That's life. There's no other way to be alive. It's all regrets. Make them count. Mm-hmm. Which is essentially a shorter version of <laughs> Jason Robard's speech you, from Magnolia. You regret whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Use it. Use your yep. regret. And I love that there's more than one movie that deconstructs that idea so mm-hmm. profoundly and so well. I've always thought that uh, about that phrase. Like, no, really? No, no regrets? Whatever? So, so <laughs> think nothing? Think you've nothing. never done anything bad in your life? Yeah. Never? That you wish you hadn't done? Think really? nothing think so. of other people, you know, is what that yeah. says. You know? Yeah. Think nothing so, of whatever impact you might have had on somebody by something that you've done. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, horrible. that is it's horribly <laughs> selfish. <laughs> yeah. To not regret anything. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is such a great little find. Uh, this movie needs to be talked about a lot more. I have a feeling for... this is going to be something of a cult movie in the coming years um, because it kind of got missed in theaters. But I've heard a lot of people who have been sort of catching up with it going, that's a good little movie. And there's a lot going on there. So I, I think it's got the potential of being sort of a, I mean, you never know with these things. It's yeah. too soon to know, but this one could turn into a little cult movie of its own. I think. Um, I hope so. Yeah. I hope we help do that by talking about it here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our our listeners and we love you, Mucho. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe <laughs> we small, hope you take our recommendations we hope sometimes. You, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of recommendations, uh, did you have one that you wanted to give here? No. I don't. I'm sorry. I failed. Okay. I know. I mean, it doesn't have to be social media related. <laughs> I, I haven't really been watching a whole lot either. So I'm way behind on watches for this week. You go ahead. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, the, the one, the one that really comes to me for social media is one that's kind of a weird one. Uh, well, one of them's not weird. I think Scream 4. Oh, as God, far yeah. as far as a social media movie, I mean, can we talk that, about that sometime too? Yeah, I know, I know that one really just becomes more prescient as time goes on. Uh, I think it was really far ahead of its time when it came out in 2011, and I think that movie it's gotten quite a reevaluation. Though there are a lot of people that still just hate it, uh, which fine, whatever, uh, but. I I love that's one of those opinions where you can be wrong. Yeah, I I know. Of course, people say the same thing to me when I say I love Scream 4. But it's like, that's fine. You think what you think. I think it's better than Scream 2, frankly. Anyway, I think it's better. I think it's the best sequel. I will go as far to say it's the best sequel. And it's probably or Scream sequel. Scream sequel. It's the best. It's the best Scream sequel. Um. And some, depending on my mood, I may say it's the best scream, uh, but not today. I'm, I'm, it's the second best Same. scream. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the one I watch the most, though. It is. Me too. 
Um, I do have to say, for me, though, a surprising movie that I think goes with this that is maybe at 40 years old, maybe even more prescient about social media than Scream 4 is Videodrome from 1983. It is entirely about, it's about television, but the whole idea of the record, um, and we only leave behind these fragments. There's a character in that, Brian Oblivion, who's, we find out pretty early on, his entire existence is videotapes, and people think he's still alive, but he's actually dead, and everything that he is saying and sharing about on television and interviews and stuff like that is these videotapes that are curated by his daughter. And I mean, it's just this, that's just one of the aspects. I do not remember this movie at all. <laughs> yeah. That's just one of the aspects that makes it sort of a profound look at social media. Um, I, if you want to, if you already seen video drama, if you, or if you haven't seen it in a while, maybe check it out. If you've never seen it, definitely check it out. Uh, I just wrote a piece on it for Bloody Disgusting. Uh, well, not just, like a month ago, because this isn't coming out for a while. That's true. That's true. I, <laughs> as of our recording. in the future. As of our recording, it just, it just released. But uh, if you want to go in and search the Videodrome article, um, it's about the 40-year uh, how it's just become more uh, relevant. And I really dive into the internet age and the social media aspect of it in that article. Um, and, you know, I mentioned it because I'm really proud of that one. I think that's one of those where it's like, I really cracked it for myself and I really struggled to crack that one, but it's uh, there's a lot going on there that I think is really fascinating. So anyway, uh, Videodrome, David Cronenberg. I've only seen that once and it was a long time ago. I don't remember anything about it. It's a challenging (laughs) movie. There's a lot going on. It's amazing. It's less than 90 minutes long, but it has so many ideas going on in it that it's just incredible that so much is packed into this tiny movie. It really is something. Anywho. So we forgot to prepare for what's coming up next. So that's what I was doing. Okay. <laughs> so go ahead. I think remember I remember what it, what it was. I think. So. <laughs> I don't think we have an official uh, name for this. Cause I'm not really sure what's, what, what is the right way to say what, what, what connects these well movies. yeah our, our unofficial um, name was ladies of the evening. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sex workers. Sex worker? I don't one know. Of them, one of them <laughs> isn't by choice, but, you know, one of them is. Right. Um, one of them so, does not. <laughs> yeah. So. So this is another uh, movie that my pick for this was one I just talked about pretty recently because it was one of my favorite discoveries, first time watches of last year. We're going to be talking a little more in depth about Belle du Jour from 1967. Yeah, which I haven't seen in a while and I'm glad to revisit it uh, because I remember I first heard about it with Drew Barrymore hosting something on TCM. You know, she was like a guest programmer and she chose this. She's talking about Catherine Deneuve and she's talking about Belle de Jour. And I thought, oh, okay, I'll have to check that out. I watched the intro and then I ended up checking out the movie later. So I watched it on my own and it's a, yeah, it's a real fascinating movie. I'm really interested to revisit it. Uh, so my pick is one of my favorites from 2021, uh, Edgar. I love this movie. Yeah, 
Edgar Wright's <laughs> Last Night in Soho. Yes. <laughs> so, um, good. I, 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 this was a movie that it's rare that I watch a movie, then I have to go back and see it in the theater. And then I have to go back and see it again because I know I'll never get to experience it in a theater again. So I went back like two nights later and I watched it in the theater a second time because I had to experience it in the theater again. Uh, I think this movie does well in that setting and i just find it home too because i freaking loved it yeah yeah, (laughs) i wish i had seen it in the theater though yeah there was a the scene where she first steps into the 60s -hmm. is just like just this i got chills because there was just this swell of sound and the image and everything it was just like this incredible moment on a big screen so and this has so much that i love that uh (laughs) I, I fell in love with this one right away. I know you were really happy when <laughs> I think I tweeted something and I was watching it and, and I said, yeah, this is this is everything. Because yeah. it was like, for some reason, there was like all this weird talk when this came out that it was, the people weren't People were not it really into it, yeah. And I, I, I hope we can maybe kind of get into why we think it works <laughs> yeah. and maybe give people a chance to reevaluate it because it's super good and you should love it. Yeah. There's Uh, some, I think, I think this one might be one that, you know, might grow over time too. Cause I think it's, uh, I think as far as Edgar Wright's movies go, it's pretty accomplished as a film. Oh yeah. And uh, I think that's going to come up again for people um, in, in the years to come. I mean, it's not as fun as something like, Scott Pilgrim or even Sean. It's of the dealing Dead with some something. dark stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's a, just got a different vibe and that's one of the things I love about it. And, uh, while still having that great Edgar Wright energy. And just the fact that it's like bonkers and like visually and thematically mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just, Oh yeah, it's so delicious. Yeah. <laughs> I loved everything about it. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of great stuff going on. Um, Okay, so and ironically, well. yeah, and Belle de Jour, absolutely. And I think these are going to fit together beautifully. You know what I noticed too that makes it even more perfect? The poster. Yeah. On um, both of them, they, mm-hmm. the main female character is doing the same pose on the exactly. poster. Exactly. So. Yeah. They're, and there the hair go. is really <laughs> similar and everything. There's a mm-hmm. lot of things. Because uh, Anya these Taylor like Joy. Made yeah. To, mm-hmm. yeah, these were like made to go together. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so ironically, uh, we're going to give our social media uh, handles real quick. I'm not. Fuck that. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. How about just the show? <laughs> okay. Um, um, you can find the show uh, at Movie Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm making these fun little <laughs> pictures that I've been doing now, these picture You're collages. You're getting so good those at that. Those are fun. So I hope you like those. And if you are on Twitter or Instagram and want to drop us a like or retweet or a share whatever drop us a line you can drop us a line uh that's a lot of fun too so yes so that's it (laughs) take us out brian hey everybody (laughs) we love you mucho uh so (laughs) what would that be um two four three five because we is two letters and not one yes so (laughs) so very clever yeah yeah so anyway what are we gonna do then we will see you all next time bye Bye.